Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he's a toy from the 50s, it's Arturo Zurita. How y'all doing? He's actually from the 50s, right? That's the craziest part. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I'm not really sure on the math of, because Cause people- Andy is definitely from the 90s, so are we to assume Woody was just sitting in a store for 40 years? Wasn't Buzz? He's been that popular for that long. He's like a modern Pokemon. Exactly. He was just, he was just, like, imagine that one. The one that's just there. Imagine the Pokemon Go. Perennial. Yeah, the Pokemon Go digital character that never got picked up. And it's just <laughs> still that. there I waiting for that. the phone. Yeah, because he does say, Andy is my only owner. So I would say he was sitting there for a while. But then he got, yeah. then he got his loving. We're also joined by Canada's, Canada's number one Woo! stunt woman, Amanda Kaboom the Jedi. Boom, boom. <laughs> what up? Uh, How exciting! You should have. Oh, she hasn't seen it yet, bro. You know she had the perfect line to say, "Rajon" or whatever the kid's name was. Rajon. Rajon. Yeah. So Amanda hasn't caught up with Toy Story four, so that's not going to end up on her list. But we see, we will see what is on Amanda's arts and my Mm. best of the year so far as we count down some of the best things that have been released so far in 2019 Mm -hmm. on this episode of Intercut. A little bit of like a new tradition, I guess, because we did a best of the year so far last year. So we got Amanda back to join us for this episode again. Going to talk about some what's been noteworthy, what's been memorable thus far in 2019. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, before we get into anything specific, is there something that you've noticed about 2019 as a year of entertainment? Any larger trends you're taking away from it? Art, I know you've had a theory that yes. you continue to go back on on what 2019 in entertainment is about. Yeah. Oh, like you want me to say it? Please. Just say goodbye to all of your friends. 2019 is the year where everyone just leaves. If your siblings, Game of Thrones said goodbye. <laughs> Toy Story 4 said, oh, did we end it with three? No, we want to break your hearts again with four to really say goodbye. Broad mm-hmm. City, that ended. Uh, there's so many other ones, even independent Endgame. films that I don't want to break. Endgame. I'm trying to only say the big ones that I know people have seen. Yeah. But yeah, it really just does everybody just, it's it's a year of goodbyes. And it's not going to get yeah, any I mean, better. Even if, we're not, even if we're going beyond what people have seen you know we're getting the end of the star wars mm-hmm. saga mm-hmm. later this year mm-hmm. uh we had dark phoenix which is an ending of sorts i don't know if it's a good well, one until you. they bring out new mutants so. right if that ever happens <laughs> if that ever happens disney plus coming soon uh, amanda how about you has there been anything about 2019 that has struck you overall that that's definitely one of the trends i just kept noticing like especially getting into april it was just everybody was so excited for game of thrones for avengers it's just building to these like massive conclusions for storylines um so many different you know movies it's just like he's saying they're just really building it up so like it's changing everything and ending everything at the same time right. Right. uh other than that um there's definitely a trend in like the comedies I'm noticing at least in terms of what's I haven't seen good boys yet but just even comparing like what I've seen with like um book smart and then big time adolescence which we caught at Sundance Mm -hmm. going into good boys there's definitely like a trend to the comedies I find this year and I'm here for it I'm a fan of it so it's good yeah there's a lot of reverence out there yeah Um, and they all have like the same plot points which isn't a bad thing because they 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 all literally do because then we saw them together we're like those Mm -hmm. shared very similar qualities yeah they're both still good, Absolutely. but it is interesting how they're all hitting the same points. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're 12 years removed from Superbad, and this seems to be the year of 
it's super bad, but dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, whether yeah. that's book smart or as we said, uh, good boys coming out big time adolescence, which I don't know when that'll be out. We all saw it at Sundance and enjoyed yep. it. Uh, so yeah, a lot of movies, a lot of comedies on the horizon. Uh, for me, I feel like there's been a lot of really interesting works from directors and, and different people that aren't necessarily their best, but are mm. notable. Yes. We'll definitely get onto some of them this mm. show. Uh, I'm not going to bring up Midsummer because I haven't seen it. I know Amanda hasn't seen it. Nope. Uh, and there are a lot of people out there who are saying it's not as good as Hereditary, but it's really no- notable. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're getting a lot of like interesting, but not necessarily elite. They're not quite yet. hitting the notes, you know, of what you're yeah. really hoping for. And we were talking a little bit before we started recording about like what's really going to last. What are we going to be talking about like a decade from now? Uh, for me, I mean, I don't know beyond Endgame how many movies are really going to hold up. And I don't know if Endgame is even like better than the movie it's paired with Infinity War. Yeah. I so yeah, so. I'm still, I think we're still waiting for the best of 2019. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So. With that, I think maybe let's let's kick off our lists. We are going to go down our five favorite movies of the year so far. Uh, we're also going to talk about some of our favorite TV shows of the year so far. I don't know if either of you had any non-TV, non-movie things that you wanted to bring up, whether that's game, whether that's music, or we can kick right into TV if uh, that's how you're feeling. Art, you want to start us off? Yeah, with TV? Yeah. I'm big on TV. I also did have a little... Uh, a couple of different things that I, I also wanted to mention if we were going to do honorable mentions and stuff like that. Yeah, go but, ahead. Uh, I think what you were saying was a huge when it came to franchises that you were saying, are these still going to be big? And I think at the end of the year, you end up getting uh, pretty much three different lists. The people who saw all the mainstream movies, right? The people mm-hmm. who saw the more independent movies. And then you have the people who saw like a mixture of two. And it becomes this debate of, well, you liked Endgame. You liked Toy Story 4. There's only room for one big blockbuster movie in your thing, right? But <laughs> yeah. I think we've gotten a crazy amount of franchises, I think. Uh, I have four in particular here before we jump into TV, um, which, again, we've almost talked about how this has become movie television. These franchises are movie television. It's what we've been saying about being able to have these prolonged it's, stories. They're episodic movies. Mm-hmm. Literally. And at the same time, there have been some episodic television mini series that we consider <laughs> movies. I'm telling you, yes. I'm not saying Intercut two years ago I started blending in the two together because we foreshadowed it, but we foreshadowed it. <laughs> Franchises, Shazam. I, I I think this is a movie that may be slipping through a lot of people's radars, but at the end of the year, yeah. I'm just saying I feel like Shazam and Spider-Man Far From Home homecoming fans are going to be like alita captain marvel fans i'm just calling it out there i'm just putting it into the future uh but i think shazam was one of the special ones out there in terms of uh, the emotions it hit but also how it almost just broke the dc that was the movie that said hey we know joker's coming out later out this year but we're just gonna tell you right off the bat um who cares about continuity? Uh, let's just do something <laughs> completely different. That's what we're going to do, okay? Which uh, I'm fine with when it comes to DC. Exactly. And Get I away liked from it. it. <laughs> and I'm like, if you guys are just going to make it feel like... I mean, we're aware of each other, but we're going to make our own things. You know, yeah, Spider-Man Far From Home yeah. can't do that. It needs no. to know and it needs to address things that just happened. And DC's like, right. yeah. eh, well, I mean, they want to make this Joker movie. Let them make it. All right, let's go. Well, because it got to the point. It's like, nothing we're doing is working. In a, yeah, so to a sense. Let's well, do everything. <laughs> Let's do it's because everything. they didn't. Is they released the wrong cuts, so now they just got they oh. just gonna cut everything. Of course. Uh, for me, the franchises go as follow: John Wick three, 
I have at number three. I think that is a franchise that, if that makes people's ends of the year, yes. That is our best action movie of the year thus far, I want to say. I'm sure it'll get beat out by some smaller, you know, overseas ones, but mm. John Wick 3, definitely. Toy Story 4, I actually have coming in at second, and then Endgame. These are all, I think, solid blockbusters that more than two of these can make your top ten of the of the year by the end of it. I think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we always give Mad Max a pass. We give the bigger <laughs> ones a pass, but... Yeah, John Wick 3 being in someone's top 10, Toy Story 4, Endgame, even Shazam, I see no problem with those. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all those movies uh, have some level of uh, tourism to them, whether it it is the uh, choreography of the action in Mm -hmm. John Wick Mm -hmm. or just the uh, brilliance of the Pixar engine and the way they're always able to make these really functional, uh, great kids' movies that also have these profound adult themes working in them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know if you guys had a TV list. I have my top four with my number one being in our top five. But uh, <laughs> let's go back and forth, Zach. Uh, I'll tell you mine right here. My One of my first ones, and I'm kind of sad that they got canceled. This was my feel-good show. I almost mentioned it when we were talking about the podcast about if they took something out, what would hurt? Well, this right. one would hurt because this is an actual Netflix original series. Friends from College Season 1, I've been saying, walked so Season 2 can run. <laughs> And season two ran because season three was supposed to soar, dude. Um, I love it. I got my brother hooked on it. He binge watched the. My brother does not do. He's an accountant who goes home watches sports. And my my brother went there. He binged the entire series in one sitting, both both yeah. seasons, mm-hmm. only to hear. What do you mean they canceled it? <laughs> I didn't realize they canceled it. <laughs> so yeah. disappointed that they canceled it. Uh, I'm a big fan of that show. Uh, I know you have another show that's very similar to it. I think you treat another HBO series kind of the way I like treating this show. Of just, It's so easily rewatchable. It's like I'm, I'm saying the lines with them. It's mm-hmm. a show that I found myself kind of like mimicking in like gift form. <laughs> or saying a bunch of lines from. Uh, totally. And to me it's one of the funniest of, of the year for me. So I have that at number five technically my shows uh amanda do you have a fifth for tv or should i go to my fifth uh i actually i don't even think i have a top five list i'll just kind of randomly name i'm gonna name one that i don't think well at least wasn't mentioned beforehand but umbrella academy hey talk about it really like umbrella academy um i like superhero stuff as you guys will probably oh yeah you Uh can tell i don't know if that's actually (laughs) in frame but there's a giant spider-man standee behind me but i'm a big fan of any kind of superhero stuff and i'm also a really big fan of superhero stuff that is not just your typical marvel dc uh main main fanfare and i really really like what they did with this so it's based on a comic book uh written by gerard way who My for, Chemical was, Romance. Yeah, former lead singer of My Chemical Romance. And the dude's really creative, too. So um, it's I, I really like what they've done with it. Glad that they're bringing it back around for another season. And uh, I'm, I'm a fan of Ellen Page, so I'll usually watch anything she's in. Except that other thing she's in right now, I didn't go, didn't didn't give that a go. Yeah. But uh, no, I really liked Umbrella Academy. So if you're kind of there's a lot of really good superhero shows out right now that aren't related to the big two, and they're a little bit more darker in in tone. Or yeah. it's also yeah. really interesting to be getting Umbrella Academy right now, since I mean I don't think it's off base to say that it is very clearly. Um, riffing on the idea of x-men yes and with x-men oh, to be in dude. such disarray as a franchise <laughs> yeah uh, you just, it's it's kind of good yeah. that we have umbrella academy yeah oh, absolutely I, I said it on accident in my dark phoenix video it's the better version of dark phoenix i say i was like yes. y'all re-release dark phoenix 
And I mentioned Brightburn, kind of, <laughs> but I mentioned oh Umbrella Academy only with the uh, an image without spoiling what happens in Umbrella Academy. Yeah. And I was like, it is literally the better version. Yes, 200%. That takes responsibility for what Charles Xavier did. Exactly. It, Instead like, of just yeah. casually mentioning it, being like, yeah. here's this. It's, it, yeah, it's a very really... weird show, but the fan mm-hmm. base is strong for it when I made yes. my video for it. And, uh, and I like it more over time, surprisingly. Same. The more I watch it and the more I think about it, the more like I'm like... Like her mentioning it right now and connecting it to Dark Phoenix <laughs> makes like, me appreciate yeah. it more. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. And season two's that's coming a, out, so... Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a show that I think it had its up, its... High, it's highs and lows, For but sure. I really like the way that it ended up. So it'll be very interesting to see what it does with season yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, and and like we mentioned, it's if you're looking for that kind of show, I think it's probably the best in that mold yeah. uh, of 200%. that type of superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. And screw uh, Luther. <laughs> hey, Luther. My number five is a show on Hulu. It's Pen Fifteen. I, I really enjoyed the comedy from uh, Maya Erskine. Uh, I'm forgetting the co-creator's name, uh, but it's this really peculiar show produced by the Lonely Island in which these two women in their 30s are acting <laughs> as their 7th grade selves yeah. and alongside a, a co-cast, a co-stars that are all age-appropriate. They're all 7th graders. Mm-hmm. So it's this weird thing where it's you're seeing the drama of middle and high school played out through these adults who clearly should be not worried about whether or not they embarrass themselves in these slight ways. It, it just reminds me of all the cringe uh, from my own adolescence, <laughs> especially because it's set uh, in the 90s, so they're all it's all the the old scrunchies. and little freaky, uh, AOL freaky geeky. Strip. Yeah, it's a little bit yeah, like Freaky it, Geeks, but at 15. It's got that Freaks and Geeks vibe, uh, but it's a little broader. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, there is some serious stuff in it, not not necessarily like dramatic, but they touch on race and yeah. they, they touch on a lot of really interesting things in the show. Mm-hmm. It's also just, uh, I mentioned Maya Erskine at the top. She's such a star and really, yeah. really just pops off screen in this show. Uh, she's kind of been my revelation of 2019 between her role in this, her role in the movie Plus One. She's even funny in Dude, that, yeah. the polar movie Wine Country. Uh-huh. I remember hearing her, uh, uh, the other creator just to... to to, it's Anna Conkle. Yes, okay. Anna Conkle. And she also and plays... pops up in a few things this year as well. Yeah, and they both play the 15-year-old, and both of them are like... 15-year-olds. Yeah, both of them, because they're both the creators and the actresses, along with Sam okay. Zivelman, to make sure I give him a shout-out, because he's also credited <laughs> as a creator. But Anna and Maya, like he said, aren't just great in this show. This is like the show you watch for when they become famous. In all the big movies, <laughs> right. you're like, yeah, I caught him there first. Yeah, I've known him some yeah. fre- since Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, I saw him <laughs> yeah. in Bands of Brother. I, I, I know. <laughs> So yeah, you're going to see right both on. of them popping up more and more as uh, their continues progress, nice. their careers progress. But this is a really great spotlight for them. It's one of the funnier shows I've seen all year. Pen fifteen on Hulu. Nope. I second nice. that. It's it's pretty funny. I I think I have one more episode to watch before I finish it. The other one that I have is the complete opposite. It's dark. Uh, people have been telling me to watch the show for the longest time. Netflix has been telling me not just on <laughs> Netflix. They sent something to my home. They said, "Bro, here is the diary of the guy, and it's written from his perspective, oh, being Jesus. sent from." Yeah, it's. I was like, "This is crazy advertisement." Like they just sent me this for free with the penny. I was like, "I don't even know what any of this means." I sit down. I go, "Oh, now that I've seen it, I still don't know what any of this means." Um, I'm gonna combine this as well as with my number two or my number three. The next one, or sorry, number three. Yeah, so three and four, because I see them interchangeably. Both Netflix shows dealing with a subject that I freaking love so much. And both 
are purposefully made with three seasons in mind. That is dark, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. and Zach? Russian doll. Russian doll. Yeah, 100%. Russian doll. I, this is on your guys' list, right? Come on. Yeah, it's please. on my list. Yeah, I'm, Russian I'm doll. actually crossing it off right now. Okay. Yeah, good. Russian doll is my number two, so I guess we can talk a little bit more about it now because that's also a really, really intriguing show, well, although I don't want to. Yeah, I'll uh, wait for it. I'll wait for it. it. I'll just mention uh, my, my line of dark. Uh, watch it, grab a Twix, and keep notes, baby. Keep notes. The book they sent me comes with pages for notes because they want me to write. They want me to do homework for their show. I'm all for it. I love it. The sentiment I'm hearing about Dark is like, Dark is my favorite show to watch while I'm keeping track of everything that's happening. Yes, (laughs) dude, it made the top. I'm only. Have we even started season two? It doesn't matter. I'm giving him the benefit <laughs> of the doubt, 100%. And I and if I get it wrong, I'll time travel back in time and change my listing if that's not the case. But Dark, I 100% go. It's German. Watch it with subs mm-hmm. if you can. If not, we've seen some episodes with uh, with dubs. with the dubs. Just wa- it's good entertainment. It's good art. Watch it. Art. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we can also jump ahead to Russian Doll if you want to. You put I'm, it at number three. I, I'm cool. I got it at number two okay. on my list. Sure. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it's very good. I mean, it, uh, this is a show that for me, I just found myself getting more and more into the further it went along, the more that you learn about uh, the ways in which this world is changing and reflecting itself. And uh, it, it's on the rewatch that I've grown to really, really love uh, what they're doing here. Leslie Headland with the writing and direction, and Natasha Leone as the star. Mm-hmm. It's just a really compelling show uh, it, it, that catches you up in this devolving mystery I don't, I don't know how to exactly describe it even but uh, mm-hmm. i was i was gripped from start to finish Same. with russian doll that was great i, I yeah. think a lot of repetitive shows go like oh it's going to be annoying for the character so we're also going to make it annoying for you for yes. 15 minutes <laughs> yeah. and this show goes there and right before you ask the question of like okay how many more episodes here's a new character yeah and did you know that something's going on with them what Okay, now there's this purpose, and there's like, okay, okay. And then the episode ends, and I've only told this to Zach, but I told him my theory about the finale to one, and the finale to two, and the finale to three, and why specifically there's three. I'm going to just leave it at that. you said this on an intercut podcast? I said it to you, I think personally. (laughs) Okay. He's telling inside jokes. Yeah, we were taking a bath, and... (laughs) I told you this. I had my theory how, again, No, no, just no, like no. Dark, I, I know. Right? I just feel like I remember people commenting on it. Oh, like, was it a spoiler? No, no, no. Like, I think we got comments about it. In so. a good or a bad way? No, it, that it, people liked your theory. Good, 100%. I am a co-writer on the show. I 100- You don't know the theory? Oh, you're going to have to comment, like, and subscribe That's if you right. want to watch. Yeah, I'm talking exactly. to my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's one thing that I definitely hop on it now. Yeah. I would say. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Natasha Lyonne may be giving the, the comedy performance. Bro, she's so, so fantastic. I've been waiting for the Irishman for Joe Pesci. I don't care about Joe <laughs> Pesci no more. We got, we got the better incarnation right here. Like she, Joe Pesci left so Natasha can, can rise and become yeah. who she is. So yeah. I'm excited for everything else she's in. I literally, I've been holding off Orange is the New Black. You've never watched it? I've never watched an episode. Alina's watched it. I've never oh, watched an episode. Wow. So, I haven't finished it or kept up yeah, with it the last yeah. couple seasons, but the first few are like, well, the first one at and least is quite good. And she she's is, really great. Mm-hmm. She is. I mean, I'm not going to get to it because we have Veronica Mars and Psych Obviously. and Dark and so many other things, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it went higher on the list. I'll say that. I'll say that. Yeah. 
Amanda, any more thoughts on Russian Doll? Uh, no, pretty much the same thing you guys already touched on, and that is like a really good point that usually if anybody uses that kind of formula in a show where it's things repeating, it gets so tedious for the viewer too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right. this really manages to avoid that while still showing us fully her complete yeah, exasperation at the situation and how ridiculous it is. Like, I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. It's very good. They did a really great job of somehow varying things up, even yes. though it stays the same yeah. to an extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, mentioning that it's in the form of a show. I don't know how often we've seen that Groundhog Day-esque mm-hmm. idea in the form of a show. It yeah. usually yeah. is movies because there's a only so much you can do with exactly. the premise that repeats They're itself. Genius. Russian Doll has figured out how to do it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, really like that show. Mm-hmm. My uh, number four is the show that you were alluding to, Art, High Maintenance on HBO. Dude, talk about it. Go. Do you know yeah, about the show, yeah, Amanda? I, I do. Uh, it's Have you a seen really, it? really... Not yet, but I... Okay. I've, it, yeah. I hope you do catch it soon because it's a really great show. Uh, it's stars and is co-created and co-written by Ben Sinclair as the guy, a weed delivery man of sorts in New York City who bikes around to his various clients. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the conceit of the show is a little more well-known by now. It's the, the thing is that he's not the star of every episode. Nope. A lot of times oh, it's okay. just the people that he delivers to. Nice. And he just has like a two-second part where he shows up at the door or something <laughs> yeah. like That's that. That's cool. It, the way that it's the show so is able cool. to string together its universe is really, really cool. If you're paying attention, the ways that you can see, you know, this guy lives next door mm-hmm. to a character we already know or stuff, stuff it's like that. It's crazy. Ends up being really rewarding to the viewer who's, who's paying attention, uh, particularly on this season. Because after season two of the show left the guy divorced and kind mm-hmm. of in an emotionally isolated place, this season he's kind of like sought out new connections and he starts dating somebody and you <laughs> hear things about that person that he's dated yeah. oh, wow. through the different uh layers That's of the cool. show hey the plug I, has I, feelings too you know all right <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the way that the i think there's no show that's more interestingly develops its characters it, it it's a great it, it's that classic idea of show don't tell but they almost tell through the mouths of other people yeah. okay it's it's a weird thing i love high maintenance i think it's probably tv's most empathetic show mm-hmm. in that it really dives deep into different characters okay. lives and tries to give you a sense of who they are why they are what makes them uh what gives them fulfillment nice. and even though it's got this premise that's so centered around weed it's not like a weed show it's a lot of times, the weed is just very tangentially connected to yeah. these characters. Yeah, it's just like the catalyst so, of getting people in places. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I just, it's a show I couldn't recommend more highly, cool. and this is another great season of it. I, I, see, what he there. I see what he did there. <laughs> recommend highly. He did. it. Because I have only two things to say. It's practically an anthology series almost, but not. Because yeah. you're seeing these different people. And I remember, I would have never seen the show if it wasn't for Zach. Like, Zach pitched it to me as you gotta check it out. Check it out. I was watching, like, it's like on the HBA, HBO list where you're like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna just go rewatch Game of Thrones <laughs> over here, you know? Uh, and he yeah. told me watch this, and I, I fell in love with it. I think I've seen it three times, only because I knock out watching episodes. And mm. we ended up rewatching so many of, the, like, the same episode three times. But, like he said, number two, dude... Once it gets legalized on a federal level, this, like you said, empathy, this will be the thing that makes people go, oh, so it's not all Cheech and Chong. <laughs> it's yeah. not all Cheech and Chong. There you go. Interesting. Nice. Yep. Uh, Amanda, do you have a number four? Uh, 
I'm, I pretty much had a top three list or a top okay. four, okay. and we knocked out two. So I'm down to my top <laughs> two, really, I guess. And I know right, one of them's arts. arts. One of them's arts, so I don't want to take it away from him. Well, I, yeah, I'm so down we, to my final one, too. So if she's down to her final one. Yeah, okay. Let's... I'm down to my final two. Okay. okay. So then you guys do your number twos. Okay. Uh, well, I'll do... I think my number two is technically your number one, but I'll do Chernobyl. Ooh, it's actually oh. not. It's not. No, I'm going to hit you with a little curveball there, but talk about Chernobyl, though. Okay, so good. Okay, so I've known, like, I feel like I've, just because I spent a lot of time on Reddit, and that's where I get my history from a lot of these things. Uh (laughs) Um, So I knew a lot about, like, the really messed up stuff that happened at Chernobyl, just from, like, reading different stuff, like, on Wikipedia and history stuff, Uh and, like, honestly learning about it in school, too. But seeing it... And I know that it's obviously not going to be completely accurate and they're going to dramatize things, but just seeing it come to life with just an incredible cast of actors is, is more than like, like reading. You can, you can tell a lot, but just, it, it was so just even like from the first episode, they just have you completely captivated with, with just like, you know, the, the, the color of the sky and everything mm-hmm. happening. So I guess, obviously if you guys don't know, Chernobyl is the, you know, the based on reality story of what happened at uh, Chernobyl when the, the power plant essentially malfunctioned mm-hmm. and blew up in, in large part. And, one of the big things about it and the reason why it got so bad was because they just kept denying that anything yeah. actually happened and they just let it seep and seep and get worse and worse. And you could, like, you know, some of it you find out that people only noticed in like other countries because people were setting off radiation stuff going inside accident. buildings <laughs> by accident. They were like, why are we setting off the radiation stuff coming back in, mm-hmm. not going out? And it's, <laughs> it it's makes just, you want to take iodine pills. Yeah, exactly. Honestly. It does. <laughs> it's like it's it's really really scary to watch, uh, and, and to to an to an extent that's almost concerning because nuclear power, yeah. for the most part, is a really safe right. and stable way to like get cleaner energy. Till it's yeah, nice. but I think I think <laughs> at least from the things people. that I've been reading is that one of the things that the show does a really good job of illustrating is how it's not always uh, about the thing going wrong. Mm-hmm but about the people refusing to react to it. Exactly. That's the first and the last line of the show. It's about lies, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is really interesting. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier, the behind the scenes of how HBO is now getting accused of stealing some stuff for the show. (laughs) And again, because it is an HBO, you know, this is the year of the miniseries. I've been talking about miniseries for the longest time. This was Mm -hmm. a guy, a director who didn't want to do Game of Thrones. He wanted to make his own thing. So is it four, five episodes? Five. Uh, Five. Do you have a specific favorite episode? As you think about it, mine is is I think too because of the ending. Yeah, because it just uh, has yeah. the lights and the sound. To yeah, me, the best part of the show. She mentioned the colors, and it's great. It's like ugly, audio. beautiful. Yeah, but the ugly, audio beautiful. in this, the sound design just yeah. is chilling. On our previous episode, Art uh, mentioned how that lights moment is similar to a different lights moment at the Battle of Winterfell. Yeah. I don't know if you Similar you mean too. this. Similar, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but then this is real and you know this actually happened yeah, and people were just kind of like, it's so beautiful but they're just standing out there literally dying by the second without realizing it. It's crazy. And then you have the juxtaposition of like everybody just walking around in daylight, everything looks pretty nice but then like birds are dropping out of the sky and just the they're air raid like sirens. Dandelions. Oh my Yeah, goodness. and like the air raid sirens just start going off and people are just kind yeah. of like... It's you know? worth the watch, and even if you mm-hmm. don't like it, it's worth the discussion. Yes. That's how I would put it. I don't think I've found anybody who didn't like it, though. I've heard some yeah, people who have been... Oh, Kozak? I just heard some people... Yeah, I mean, I've been surprised just at how popular it's been, too, mm-hmm. because 
from from its face, it doesn't necessarily seem like, like a Chernobyl. Uh, yeah, but the yeah, trailer like a hit really show. Sold. This is what's gonna but save HBO that, after Thrones. Yeah. Right, but I, I think that speaks to just how well done it's been. It's gotten such positive word of mouth from people mm-hmm. uh, that it's just you have to check it out. Yeah, six six six. It also has like the accompanying docu series that goes with it. Like they did their own little documentary. The podcast thing, yeah, like the there... podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was so Zach. I was listening to it. It's, yes, which yeah. is kind of also really similar to well, not super, but similar to what they ended up doing with um, Extremely Wicked, where they had like here's the documentary Aye. portion with more real Aye. stuff, and then here's Aye. the fiction. The era of streaming, I love but it. Exactly, I honestly, love it. if you're gonna take creative liberties with like a real story, then you can be like, well, here's the real facts is that, that we exactly. can with. Yeah. How do you not respect that so much? They're mm-hmm. giving you the DLC for free. Let's yeah. go. I like it. <laughs> exactly. And I'm for it. Did you hear that Russia is apparently now um, making their own Chernobyl series where they blame okay, yeah. the CIA? That's what I meant when I said that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the CIA. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to like really put it out there. But yeah, they are making their own version where they're blaming the CIA specifically for it happening in the first place. Uh huh. That's so funny. I know. I'm excited. I will watch that one too and surround (laughs) them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Art, your number two? Um, Well, my number two is technically my number one because my number one is in my top five of the year, if you know what I'm saying. Do do you want me to just say both then? Yeah, go for it. I'll say both. My number two. Ah, I'm so sad that the other Netflix show beat out this Netflix show because my number two, while I love it so much, is Dead to Me. I Dead love to Dead me. to Me so much. I think it's the show I've tweeted about the most. Oh, that Second was a fun show. to even my first one. But this show is, it's the best acting. I said, that's the one thing, I, that's all I'm going to talk about. It is the best acting of the year. I've seen so many movies. I just saw it so much. I've seen so many shows. We've been to so many festivals. This show has the best acting of the year from both of these. Like, I'm, I don't want, I don't care for the Oscar, Oscar acting categories. Nothing is going to beat <laughs> these two's performance. It is the, the best performances of the year. And I would even argue that one of them should make of the decade. Linda Cardellini or the other one? Uh, no, Applegate. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's good. a really. Uh, but I put Linda into it too because I like it. It's an extremely, <laughs> bi- it's an extremely bingeable show. It's yes. really hard to put down the way that they just hook you with those endings and the twists and turns of the plot. Love it's it. really great. Uh, I think the show's kind of like soapy elements are, mm-hmm. are, are like handled with a reality because yes. those performances are so good. You know, I could, I think you could put a much broader weirder performances in there and the show might feel ridiculous exactly. but they ground it mm-hmm. in a way uh so yeah I, i'm that show just missed out on my top five yeah. number six you've seen it though right yes amanda yes. have you seen it yes yeah okay we're good hey we're good mm-hmm. i like there's a good there's a good podcast right here all right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my number two you guys uh, I have When They See Us at 3, which we'll, we'll skip, See, and then Russian Doll at 2, which we already talked about. Yeah. So, uh, Amanda, what was your two? Well, When They See Us was my number two, and I knew it was going to be his number one, so I was like, yeah. I'll talk about Chernobyl instead. So that was... Oh, so I Chernobyl was your number one. Yeah, Chernobyl, yeah, sorry. Chernobyl's my when number one. When They See Us. Oh, you yeah. could ruin my When They See Us. Oh, I, I'm okay with <laughs> yeah. that. That's fine. Okay. When They fine. See Us is number one. Fine. I love this show. That's all I'll say. That's all yeah. I'll say, because I'm still in the no, middle of No, talk about it a little. Talk about it. But it's... Okay, so I found the best way of explaining it yesterday. Someone tweeted out that they were going, the Oscars were going to make a best director female and male. Yes. Yeah, no, that. no, 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 no. Yeah. That, uh, that was a reaction to the Los Angeles Online Film Critics 
who gave out a best male and best female director. Yeah. Okay, so to the LA critics, best male and female. So just Ava's winning it every other year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. That's how good the show is. This is her. This is her crowning achievement. In my uh, b- episode four is one of the best episodes mm-hmm. of the year. If that doesn't it's, win the Emmy, you're an idiot. Fantastic. Like I don't know how else to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. That that fourth episode uh, featuring Corey Wise's story is just so. I mean, we talked about this on our last intercut, but that that itself felt like a complete movie. Yeah. It's such a a harrowing journey, and you kind of feel every twist and turn in it. You know, you get hope, and then you get let down mm-hmm. the way that he does. I, I was blown away, particularly by that last episode, but the whole series. Yeah. Uh, the- so what you might not know about me is that I actually, uh, with my university degree, I was actually working for a professor doing wrongful conviction studies. So I had looked into this entire case pretty extensively a few years back, but seeing it brought to screen like this, like left such an impact and it's just so gut-wrenching that even when you know everything that's yeah. coming it's still just so heartbreaking to hear it from like their mouths in mm-hmm. this way in the way that it was presented to us yeah and i think everything. i think a lot of shows or movies even that deal with uh legal situations like this mm-hmm. sometimes do the mistake of having too much of the drama take place in the courtroom mm-hmm. which is a pretty staid environment we've you. all seen mm-hmm. courtroom dramas before yeah. This really gets the you... The courtroom is so you, short, really. Yeah, it's really just like a stop on the way. And it shows you like all the different things that came with that experience. And, and the jails they had to yeah. sit in. And the meetings they had. And the parole hearings. Like I, I feel like it was a much more compelling way to get the story across. It was genius the way she split it into four. And mm-hmm. how each one had a part. The first being the incident. The second being like pretty much the court. And then when you think it's like, okay, so we're going to have another one. The courtroom's got to... Con- what? Did we just jump 20 years? Like, what yeah. just happened? Yeah. And then episode yeah. four is like, all right, this is going to be its own thing. Completely separate to the to kind of the narrative of the others. It's incredible. Every yeah. ending? Every the, the ending way, is incredible. The way that the series is able to jump back and forth throughout time without making it like a, okay, now we're in 19-something, mm-hmm. is is, shows how well put together it is yep. as a series. Definitely handled uh, it better how, than Anna. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How fulfilled Definitely. do you think, because to add to what we had said later, the fact that there's the Oprah Winfrey uh, documentary, uh, documentary mm-hmm. kind of like the talk, that's practically their podcast, all the extra stuff that they're doing, the fact that it's now spawning so many other films and documentaries, or at least carrying the weight of those that, uh, they were already being made as well, for mm-hmm. the people with wrongful convictions, and now people are craving those because of it, you know? We had yep. a serial killer yeah. movie, and people were craving serial killers. It's nice yeah. to know that right. Ava's doing it for good things, and now yeah, she's, exactly. she's opening the doors for other stuff. Yeah. How fulfilled totally. do you think Ava feels that she's so damn talented, and is also doing oh. it for a good cause, and then it also is being consumed and watched by millions of people to the point that it's the number one in the streaming yeah. platform? Probably. Like, you I mean, would have think- to feel good, right? Yeah. I don't presume to to know it, what goes on in her head, but I have to assume that she's at least highly gratified that yeah. uh, this is a thing that's, that's gained crazy. popularity. Because she if was you're, if you're to believe Netflix's it. numbers, that that's a crazy, uh, unbelievable. Check it on Twitter, dude. Check it yeah. on Twitter. You know, it's like I like that. Netflix want to release theirs. Well, I mean, you can't hide Twitter's. You can't yeah. Yeah, everyone else about it. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. shows. It's my yeah. second favorite of the year in total. 
Yeah. So that's how much I, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's very good. All right, so I will mention my favorite show of the year, which has been Barry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it was my The first season was my favorite when that came yep. out, and, and this season has been my favorite of the year so far. It's just a... A really unbelievable show in way the way it balances the comedy and the drama, the the always escalating stakes that Barry finds himself in, <laughs> mm-hmm. and the and the way that it analyzes like how is Barry a bad person and how bad is he? Yeah. You know, I think the first season was much more of a question like is he a bad person, and now it's just kind of going to show you like the lengths of his depravity and how much he's willing to hurt others before hurting himself mm-hmm. yeah uh the it's just a really really funny show and balancing the seriousness of those hitman drama elements with the absolute mundanity of like la actor life i think it's just brilliant the show has done a really great job of also expanding to uh the stuff that it's added cast does noho hank is maybe the funniest character <laughs> on tv i thought that uh sarah in this season was really really good she gets a monologue in the seventh episode, which is like two minutes of TV that you can't blink during. It's so, so good. So uh, it's had some of my favorite things on TV this year. It had the best episode of television this year. Hey, okay. Lily. Okay. <laughs> uh, the best battle sequence on the night of the Battle of Winterfell yeah. went to Ronnie Lily. Thing. I hate that it while did. he's saying that, I can agree with him because just like High Maintenance, he also hyped the hell out of Barry and yeah. it delivered. Barry I was delivers. like, all right, but like, maybe I should watch something else. He just said, hey, so you told me you just finished Atlanta. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hero. He said Hero directed a couple episodes. I said, screw you, dude. I'm busy. Like Now I got to stop <laughs> everything I'm doing for this. Uh, and Hero Mirai directed two episodes this season also. Mm-hmm. Is season two better so- than one? No. no. Uh, I thought season one was a perfect season of television. It is. I thought season two has moments that live up to season one. I didn't find the ending to be quite so... I could have I could have walked away from Barry, as we've mentioned, after the ending of season one. Yeah, I agree. Season two leaves things in a more cliffhangery fashion mm. where I, I need them to explore a little bit more. Okay. Interesting. All right. Amanda, you also liked it? I did, yeah. Yeah, it was a little bit of a brush of breath of fresh air after some of those uh, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. episodes. <laughs> yeah, a little cool from yelling at the television. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, that's the best TV of the year so far. Let us know what you thought is the best TV in the comments down below mm-hmm. or by shooting us an email, intercutpod at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on social media at intercutpod. That's at intercut, P-O-D. Pretty short for podcast. <laughs> I, are we going top ten? I got a ten. Oh, you got uh, it. I got some honor. Yeah, I don't know about y'all. All right. I've got you... like. I can just do the honorable mentions for the others. No, let's do top ten. Let's go, Zach. But if you got the top ten, that means you got to start it off. So All right. Rough ten. Uh, so I will start us off well uh, with a couple just honorable mentions of things that. Didn't quite make my list, but I considered, including the Beyonce Homecoming documentary, The Dead Don't Die, which we talked about a little on this show, Always Be My Maybe, a very pleasant romantic comedy with Ali Wong and Randall Park on Netflix. Uh, Ultimately, though, I decided that my number 10 is a much more silly, frivolous movie, Mm -hmm. probably, than most of the other stuff on my list. It isn't even a feature-length movie, but I've watched it a few times already this year, and I feel like it'd be disrespectful for me to leave the unauthorized Bash Brothers experience off of this uh, list. Dude, and uh, I just saw it. Yeah? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, Lonely Island, it's hard to go wrong. You know, they've got this whole, like, hip-hop comedy blend mm-hmm. down to a, to a hilarious T. Here they're, you know, making fun of the Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco steroid era of baseball. But it's really just an excuse to have them put together Rap. some hard <laughs> beats, yeah. silly rhymes, and, and just be entertaining for half an hour or so on Netflix. Are you like this one, too? Uh, I thought it was so dumb, I couldn't help yes. but laugh. Alina had left, so I, I think she was visiting a friend, so it was just me in the house. <laughs> blasting, damn, uh, what's his name? Uh, who played Magu- who uh, played, Andy uh, Samberg. Andy Samberg, and who's the other guy? Uh, Akiva Shiver, Schaefer. Who, to me, I have always thought could be the funniest of the three, because I thought his yeah. bit in Popstar, mm-hmm. where he's making fun of not only him being out in the woods, but him also being the guy who writes things, but no one ever pays attention to. So yeah. seeing him like in the forefront after he made fun of himself for that in, in Popstar, I think it's hilarious. Is it is it also directed by the third one? I don't know if Yorma directed it. He does show up in those little That's usually how it goes. Yeah. The actor is him, the writer is uh, yeah. Akiva, and then... Uh, Jorma ends up being the director, so it's like that's why I love Rockstar so much or Popstar so much. Yes. Uh, this one was it also definitely funny. feels like that collaboration, bro. I didn't know what was going on. Like it took me a while, and I think you told me this that the entirety of the thing is a mixtape. So the narrative is supposed to feel like, and this is the end of track one, yes. and then track two isn't like the next day; it's the next track. That yeah. was inspired by going to a damn drive-in Sonic, like, and these girls start rapping at... I, dude, it is so surreal, and I was sober watching this. I can't even <laughs> imagine being off my rocker it, watching this thing. Yeah. It's probably the most I laughed in, like, a per-minute basis at anything this year. What have the real people said? <laughs> they're still alive. What have they said? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if they even want to acknowledge it. I guess I, I try to steer clear of Jose Canseco's Twitter feed, but I, I haven't heard anything. Has uh, never mind. I would keep that joke. <laughs> the OJ joke uh, for another time. Art, you want to give us your number ten? Yeah, I actually have a, an interesting couple right here because I have two honorable mentions, so I'll start off with those. Uh, mm-hmm. I had Rocket Man and the Lego Rocket Movie Man, too. Actually. Rocket Man is interesting, and I think the discussion that we had about this was. You know, a lot of comparisons go to Bohemian Rhapsody. I personally have seen Rocket Man, Blinded by the Light, and Yesterday as kind of the grouping, right? The grouping of this year almost uh, of taking really popular songs, but they're not really being repeated by those people. It's an Indian kid in uh, in, an Indian, an English Indian kid in Blinded by the Light who's inspired by Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen. Then you have Yesterday, which is another English Indian uh, who (laughs) ends up in this alternate reality where yeah. the Beatles don't exist, maybe? Uh, and then you have Rocket Man, which is the closest of being an actual biopic, and I think but he knocked it out of the park. Like, one of yeah, the biggest things I that agree. I've been saying, like, I, you, you guys, I'm sure, have edited videos or have, like, thought of the line with the edit already in mind. I was like, yo, Taron Edgerton, that scene from the trailer, knocked it out of the park. Out of the park. Right? And yeah. I love the movie. Um, I do feel that the worst parts of the movie are the creative risks they took or the budget where it's like y'all didn't have enough money because it was going to end up being rated R to make that scene where he rockets off look cooler. I know that's the highlight of the movie. You called the movie Rocket Man. This scene right here is so corny in the finished product, but I get what you wanted to go for. Like what it feels like for him. sort of like 
fantastical across the universe element, but Best maybe not all the way there. Because the budget or something, and we talked about this, Zach and I kind of brushed on this, the fact that because it was two men kissing, even though a man and woman kissed in Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, mm-hmm. it altered a lot. Rated R, and there goes a lot of uh, a lot of the box office and stuff. That literally just some rolling in. around in the sheets. You um, see a hip bone and some sheet rolling, and that's yeah, like that's it. And that causes too scandalous. Scandalous. And then drug use, I guess. Drug uh, use. But I love the commitment from from Taron. I think absolutely. he's a great singer. Some people mm-hmm. complained that he did it a little bit differently. Yes, I wanted Whoa, it a bit differently. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And he I was handpicked. I know he was handpicked by Elton John. So that's crazy, dude. You know that is insane. Uh, Amanda, you know, the big thing that people are comparing this movie to, obviously, is Bohemian Rhapsody, which did really well at the Oscars. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like this is a movie that might hang on and stay in the awards conversation? Maybe Taron gets some kind of love? I think in, like, an ideal world, he would get some love because I do think that his performance was a lot more noteworthy. Uh, Nothing against uh, Rami Malek. I, I... For all the faults of that movie, I did really enjoy the performance that they wanted from him, and I think he did it great. Um, But I think Taron really does just such a fantastic job getting everything down here from, like, the pain of the drug addiction to the just the the lifestyle in general. And it just seemed like a more honest take where you have that fantastical dude all dressed up in these crazy, insane outfits. And then there's just, like, you know, the the, the in-between of who he is and like who he wants to be and like that Mm -hmm. there's obviously a huge emphasis on that and like the sacrifices you have to make to get there um it's crazy i hope it doesn't just stop at a golden globe i hope it it goes to something else but uh i guess technically since these were my honorable mentions to my five rocket man would be number 10 so i'll 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 keep lego for number nine so what was your number 10 amanda uh i'm kind of like looking so i kind of made the miss this was rough because as that's the, that's the best part about this because yeah. this could be completely irrelevant by the end of the year. Exactly. That's why Zach most made sure he's fate... like, don't include the ones that you know are going to yeah. be at the end of the year. Exactly. Because like most of my top 10, I'm looking at it right now. Only mm-hmm. two of them are actually out <laughs> so that people can watch. Okay. We'll take the um, other ones. What are some other ones but, off the top of your head that you but can But the think other of? ones. Okay. So one of them. Okay. This is more just a, this is not, yeah. I wouldn't even call this a good movie. This is just kind of a guilty pleasure. I like the style of movie. Happy death day to you. Cool. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I see Art's face sinking. It's so dumb, but there's something about like comedy infused like horror movies. Even though this one didn't really go down that road as much as the first one did, I just enjoy it. It's just stupid fun. It's easy to watch, and like sometimes it's just nice to turn off your brain in that kind of way for a couple. <laughs> did hours. you like the first one more though than the second? one? I did. Yeah, oh, yeah. The okay. first one's way better for sure. But you... I still found, un- obviously, it didn't pull a Russian doll. It did not. Okay, keep I was about to bring that up. Yeah, it didn't pull a Russian doll, didn't keep things fresh, but it still did like an interesting, you know, flip on on what they're doing with the every yeah. t- day you wake up and yeah. Are you looking forward That's to awesome. the third? Because my theory is that There's they're going third? to Fast and Furious it. And if the first one was just this like, you know, regular kind of thriller that was happening and the second one ended up being like yeah. a science experiment. Third yeah, one, science. you saw what happens at the end of it without spoiling happy yeah, death day to you <laughs> they end up going into a government <laughs> facility so it's clear yeah, that by do. like yeah happy death day five <laughs> like they're gonna be in brazil with the rock i don't know i don't know yeah but. i guess this is the one I, I i didn't really get on board with the fast and furious so this is i guess I'm this is your my series, wagon to this. You know? i'm gonna yeah, laugh I'm... at the end of the year when it ends up like at her number three spot <laughs> it's so much better than i remembered guys <laughs> there's so many things missed <laughs> so many things missed uh, my number nine is a movie that we've talked about here on Intercut. It's a bit of a 
mashup of different genres and tones and mm-hmm. not necessarily a movie I expected to uh, like as much as I ultimately did. It's See You Yesterday. It's the oh, yeah. Spike wow. Lee produced sci-fi drama in which they sort of wrap up this teen time travel story into a, yeah. a Black Lives Matter police shooting narrative. Uh, it, it's all over the place. Sometimes it feels like it belongs as like a Nickelodeon made-for-TV movie, and then other times it feels like an austere art house drama. Mm-hmm. In the end, I found it both entertaining and effective in ways that I wasn't expecting. I, I okay. feel like the the wild variety in its tone somehow yes. kept it kind of watchable throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even though I was really surprised by some of the turns and the way uh, the narrative was handled in the movie, I found it worthwhile. I found it thought-provoking and mostly enjoyable. Yeah, it went in a much different direction than I anticipated to. When you first start watching it, you think it's just going to be this, like, run-of-the-mill, just kind of, like, kid sci-fi movie, and it, like, hits really hard sometimes. Totally. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good choice. I agree. I remember because this was one of the Tribeca picks, and the first time we saw it, we said mm-hmm. the same thing. We're like, it's so corny. Then the end comes, mm-hmm. like, oh, that's interesting. Then you end up watching it three times when you're making a video, <laughs> and you go, wow, so there's a whole behind-the-scenes to it that's even more intriguing and in how, like, the, yeah. it ended up being developed. So I agree. It's yeah, one of those it's interesting... You're waiting for his next project. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. There's clearly a lot on mm-hmm. this guy's mind. So yeah. Be curious. Art, you said your number nine is Lego? The Lego Movie 2. And again, again, none of these that I'm looking <laughs> at except for maybe two are going to be at the end of the year. And I'm just laughing around and be like, oh, these are your favorite movies? I mean, franchises have been the biggest one. All the indie ones, like I just said, don't come out yeah, till August. they're not out yet. Um, so Lego Movie 2 right now I think is another one that just seems to have gone almost under the radar. Did you see it? I did not. None no, of y'all even see it. So, and I love the first one. I, I don't know. They seem to be putting out so many of these Lego right? movies. Didn't that it's come not... out when we were at Sundance, though? Yes, because literally yeah. I saw it at Salt Lake City. Yep. Right, um, that's why I missed here's it. the weird thing about it, and this is something that I've been saying with Toy Story 5, and where I think they want to go with Toy Story 5. They're just looking back and going, damn it. The Lego movie did it. Damn it. <laughs> Wreck-It it. Ralph did it. Did it. Toy Story, like, it's one of those things, you know, where it's like everybody else is picking up on the toy thing. And a lot of things mm-hmm. that when we said, what's Toy Story going to do next? Embrace technology? It's going to feel a lot like Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. Right. What yeah. are they going to do? Go into other toys? It's going to feel like when Wreck-It Ralph interacted with other people. Is it going to be the Lego movie? Well, the Lego movie already killed that with the fourth mm-hmm. wall break. And in the second one, what they do is even better is that they're already aware there's a fourth wall break. So they play a lot with the siblings. Something that Toy Story 3 teased with Molly... And in the special yeah. features, they said they cut out. They wanted to do this juxtaposition between the toys where it was Molly's oh, okay. toys and her toys. They didn't end up doing that because of the way that they had introduced Bo, which was her toy, and we saw what happened with Toy Story 4. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. the Lego movie and what Regga Ralph is doing is taking a lot of the ideas that Toy Story might want to go, but they feel, and oh, they now we're going to be the ones that are, yeah, kind of copying. The, punch. the Lego movie, too, I thought was beautiful. The way that the that the story that's going on for the Legos, as we remember in the beginning, mm-hmm. in the first one, that kid's, the whole story is in the kid's mind. And it's what he right. feels the dad does. And that's why the, da- the, the bad guy is voiced by Will Ferrell, because that's who his dad mm-hmm. is. In the second one, it's so interesting because it's him not wanting to share his toys with... The cis star civilization <laughs> that wants to come and take oh, over, no. and all of those toys look like amalgamations of other things. Yeah. It's interesting. And then at the end, well, I don't really want to ruin it for you, but I thought it was a very interesting sibling relationship akin to the first Toy Story. Nice. 
interesting. From a different angle. Uh, obviously not up there to that classic, but still pretty good and it's just going to go under the radar, kind of like what the first Lego movie did. Yeah. It had a lot of praise, but uh, critically, didn't even get nominated. Right. Huh. Although, you know, that brings up the whole idea of movies in the beginning of the year, which hung on, because the first Lego movie stayed in my top five. Uh, I don't think, even if I catch up with this one, this it necessarily will, based on Buzz. Yeah. But it's, it's got good. your recommendation, so I, I, I'll definitely try and catch up with like the Lego it. Movie it moved too. me. And this is after the yeah. Sundance movies. Right, <laughs> so. right. But that was mine. Amanda, you're number nine. Uh, let's see. I feel like a lot of mine are not. I feel like a lot of you guys are talking about some of the ones I would put higher up. So I'll just say something different for the sake of it. Dope. Um, okay. So there's, you know, you all know that there's like this entire genre of like teen death movies, basically teen death romance. Yeah. Yeah. Big old genre there. Five feet apart. I feel like it kind of broke some of it, and it didn't go down the like full on. We're gonna romanticize this illness to the point that we're we're gonna make it this whole thing where where you know kids are gonna go out there wishing that they had cancer and stuff, kind of like <laughs> oh yeah, other yeah. Ones. right uh, yeah in the grand I mean? tradition of a walk to remember yeah walk to remember and uh, what is that other one that was really big our the fault is in our stars fault is in, yeah. in our stars you know, oh stuff. you are you asking the professional here I'm a connoisseur do you want to know They're Midnight Sun do, like what yeah, do you want to know Sun? I watch all these movies exactly I watch all of them and like honestly this movie in my opinion didn't have any business being as good as it ended up being mm-hmm. because I feel like they actually take the illness like very serious in it and they don't try to romanticize it and obviously you're gonna have moments where it's like oh my god it's amazing that they've overcome this kind of thing but it it was still really good and like i cried i teared up i'm a huge Haley lou richardson fan so for there you go she's yeah she's great too i was there because see i'm the right side of history with Haley lou richardson (laughs) some other people are fans of uh what's her name from sweet life on deck they got it wrong they got it oh yeah it's it ain't you know she's good Let's yeah, speak to her. No, 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 no. I, no, for, I forget one. her name. Uh, but she wasn't like everybody wants them. Before I fall. Well, right. Before yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, what you well, mean. before you fall, I'm going to let everybody know right here that before it's all about from Split, from uh, The Edge of 17. This girl right here. I, I, yeah. It was, a, it was a cute movie. It was, I thought it was a know? lot funnier <laughs> than I wanted it to be. And it, but it yeah. didn't come from her, it came from him. <laughs> him, yeah. It oh, came yeah, from uh, Sprouse. Sprouse, I couldn't yeah. handle that. It was so funny, but that's yeah, an interesting thing. I'm I'm curious if you have any other like romance ones leading up to uh, it because like I'm looking at mine, and that's usually something that doesn't penetrate. Yeah. Funny word to use, but towards the end of the year, it's like no one has like mm-hmm. the romantic movie. Maybe usually, I feel like people disregard them because they don't think they're worthy all the time. Yeah, exactly. But a lot or, of times you can infuse. Because I do have one other one that's like on my list on Letterbox right next to it. Okay. I guess I'll just say mine. We'll say that but one. Just again, right. we'll just go reverse order. Uh, the sun is also a star. Was another one where hey, don't it, spoil it, that one for home... me. I'm so excited for that one. We never got to see it because that was the week oh, we moved really? in. Yes, okay, and I told I Alina every it. single day. I was like, "Yo, I don't know why yeah. I'm so hyped for this movie. It got trashed on." I know, but it was actually like really. It was really star. nice. It, it shot really... so beautifully. It shot like it on was. film. And I was yeah, like, "Why does it look like so sexy?" There was just scenes that were so good, and like I just randomly um, picked up the book from the library after to start reading it just to see. And like the book is almost like it's like little slices of life, so like every page is like a different person. So it's not just him and her, but sometimes it'll be like somebody that they interacted with during the day and like their perspective on the situation and how their life's going. So it's really just this whole thing of like you never know what another person in front of you is going through. Interesting. So she has all her issues. 
before watching the movie or I afterwards? wouldn't say you have to. No, I would just go right into the movie. I just sometimes I actually prefer reading the book after because then if the book is significantly better, mm-hmm. it doesn't taint your viewing experience. Yeah. I don't really think that this will affect it, it either way. I think okay. they're kind of different enough, but it, it was it was point. cute and it was it was good and I think it hit that depth a little bit more than again some of these the last few years of teen romance movies have. I think this had more to offer like a wider audience and people might have missed it. I'm excited. All right. The Sun is Also a Star from uh, director Rai Russo Young, who also did Before I Fall with Zoe Dutch. Yeah. (laughs) That's her name. Yeah. Number eight? Yes. My number eight is an actual amalgamation of stuff. I've been watching a lot of comedy specials, and I don't know where to put the comedy specials. They're not TV. You know, they're not. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. what do we, what do we so I'm going to put them as a movie because technically it's got an IMDb page. Technically it's on Letterboxd. Uh, it's a combination go. of Did three like? to give you to give you uh, a good view of all of them, but they're technically all assholes. Uh, I'm going to start off with Anthony Jeselnik. He's got a new one. Alina took me to one of uh, the showings that he had here for this specific tour. Uh, these are all on Netflix and HBO, mm-hmm. by the way. But his newest special, which is on Netflix, which is Fire at the Maternity Ward, if I'm not mistaken. Not to be confused mm-hmm. with his previous one, also on Netflix, which is funny, called Thoughts and Prayers, where he makes fun of people who, uh, during a tragedy, say thoughts and prayers because, prayers. well, what about me? <laughs> his newest one is just as gross, disgusting, mean. He starts it off by uh, a little joke, right? And I feel it's the best way to pitch it, is one of his, fr- one of his buddy's wife is complaining that he's swearing a line. He's saying a word. He's like, is it this word or this word? She's like, no, it's this word. He's like, well, you ain't here from me. Because <laughs> he only <laughs> says this two other words. It's one of my favorite, and I've seen him bleed in a lot to these other two. Uh, one who we actually gave a shout out to, Nate Bargates, I want to say, say, say his name. Also on Netflix, The Tennessee Kid. Okay. Super hilarious. Two jokes to pitch it. One is that his dad is actually a clown. So he has this thing where he lets a lot of people know. He's like, oh, yeah, my dad's actually a clown. And those people who he tells it to proceed to then tell what a lot of people say. And that's, damn, I hate clowns. And he just goes, that's crazy because I just told you that my dad was a clown. clown. <laughs> and the other one, which I'm not even going to spoil it, is just a discussion that he has with his wife in the airport. And the miscommunications that happen. And if you're in a long-term relationship, you know exactly what I'm talking about after you hear that joke. Yes. Uh, last one that I have is Rami. He also has a series on yeah. Hulu that you can catch out. I remember stumbling upon one of his comedy specials on Facebook, of all places. I thought it was hilarious. He was talking about how he picked up, I think, a Taco Bell commercial on 9-11. And he was mm. like, it was the weirdest juxtaposition of his life. Oh, no, I think it was the Muslim ban. I can't, I can't remember. And uh, it was just hilarious the way he tackled these sensitive subjects. Uh, Rami's an interesting show. Check it out on Hulu if you can. But his special on HBO, this man must have listened to Jesselnik. When I say it is one of the best, the best mic drops do not include a mic drop. Anyone who's dropping sure. actual mics now are y'all corny as can be. No. We call them needle drops now, which is you mm. say a line and then the song comes in for you, all right? Don't <laughs> drop the mic. That's a piece of equipment someone else has to pick up. This man ends it on a setup from way early on in the show. And he ends it on this line after he takes you to the darkest place you can think of. Then he ends it and it is I cannot stress it enough. It is going to make you so uncomfortable, but I love it. Jesselnik, Rami, Nate Bargates. Remember those names. All right. So some love for the standout comedy specials of 2019 so far from Art in his number eight spot. Mm -hmm. Uh, As for me, I'm going with Toy Story 4 for my eighth favorite film of the year. A movie that we talked about a little bit on Intercut. Another solid 
uh, installment from the Pixar people. It's hard to go wrong with Toy Story. Yep. Uh, they always find a way to tug at your heartstrings and really get at that poignantness of growing up, growing up and moving on and moving forward. You know, this one does have another tearjerker of an ending. And even though I've said that it doesn't work for me as well as like the ending for Toy Story 3, which, you know, that's saying like it doesn't work <laughs> as well as one of the greatest things ever. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it still is a really entertaining film. It's funny. It's got some really uh, thoughtful morals behind it. It's one of those, again, Pixar is able to make these movies that work for kids, work for adults, work for everyone in between. Uh, I, I thought Toy Story 4 was a great, a, another great movie from Pixar. I agree. Yeah, I might have to give up and actually watch it. I was kind of like, nope. I'm a huge. I, I love Toy Story. Like it's almost yeah. because I love Toy Story so much that I don't want to see Toy Story four. I get it. It's kind of where I've hit, but I think I'm gonna have to like you give up see- and go see it. You have. Yeah, yeah, I have to. It's worth it. It's okay. good. <sighs> What's your number eight? Well, technically, I think you kind of well, gave your number eight. Which I kind of did. The, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So we're at number seven. If you want to start off seven. the round for seven. Um. I think because originally I'd gone into this more with like a top five, yeah. but because okay, I'm just going to mention anything that's not out yet towards the end and just kind of touch on that. So I kind of had to really quickly come up with another. Sure. So something I don't know. Yeah, you guys didn't mention this yet. Um, I know it's not remotely accurate. I had so many wrestling fans come at me saying it wasn't accurate, but fighting <laughs> with my family. That's a good pick. It See, was I'm big. actually happier that you don't have a picks because you're mentioning movies we are not going to remember by the exactly. end of the year. And that's kind of why I'm picking them. This actress may come up in another one she might for yep. me but talk Absolutely. about this movie it was i don't i don't even because i'm not a wrestling fan so that's mm-hmm. the other thing too the, i am the person this movie was made for this movie was not made for fans of wrestling this movie was not made for the people who've been following these storylines their entire lives this was made for the kind of person who might be like oh you know the rocks in that or this looks kind of funny because like you know the trailer sold me on it i was like this looks like a really fun movie so it you know at face value it's just this really heartwarming story about this wrestling family and this girl who kind of overcomes her own personal odds and from a time where pretty much all the wrestling girls were just formal former models and just pretty faces and she's this kind of like darker haired goth girl with the piercings and stuff and has to like overcome all of this judgment and just you know go against that and then deal with the fact that like other people in her family had the same dreams yep. that didn't make it and she's dealing with the struggle really and the tug and pull and wanting to give up but you know being so close to to succeeding and judging the other people around her and then realizing oh you know we're all just kind of the same mm-hmm. it, it had a lot going for it and then i just kind of find out that's like actually her and her entire family are horrible people <laughs> it's like well we're just gone it was oh, like the real story the, the real story apparently they're really horrible people allegedly Damn. That's no fun, but no. Uh, at least the movie itself is yeah. fun. Because like you know and how you get the really inkling that they're like a criminal family. You get the inkling in the movie. They're like, oh, yeah. it's so you do, cute. yeah. Like these guys. Family. I like how they pretend it's like, no, we're just, man, we're just getting by. by. I don't but love it's like, for the in sport. Real life. I'm like, there's no way. There's yeah, but in no real way. life, it's like, okay, yeah, it's a lot more fishy Damn. than that. But uh, I figured it yeah. was something like that. Uh, yeah. One of the things that stood out to me, if I could just say one comment on it, yeah, is the idea of like embracing WWE. Which yeah. I still have friends, you know, relatives who watch it. I remember back the back in the Rock Stone Cold Rakishi <laughs> days. That's when yeah. I was involved in it, uh, and then I kind of stepped out of it. I was never part of yeah. the John Cena phase and stuff like that. No. But to some people, this is huge. They have their yeah, own I have network. Friends, yeah, Y'all I have know, friends like, that are like, huge into it. DC is tanking. 
They're like, yeah. DC Entertainment since 1920-something <laughs> started their own streaming service and that tanked. Yep. WWE's? They have music videos. They have their own streaming service and people pay it. They don't even they don't even flinch. They're like, I can watch everything that no, I want here. The and one thing I remember it. from retail or one of the many things is mm-hmm. that people who like wrestling will pay out the butt for all the yes. wrestling DVDs, Blu-rays, yep. Yep. and the specials. games. Y'all think Madden is the same thing the over? <laughs> yeah, no, the wrestling games. They so I, love. Yeah, them. it's a highly yeah. highly dedicated. I love games. that yeah. they uh, they kind of opened it up and kind of were like, just so you know, like people do enjoy this. They mm-hmm. know. And there's a line that they say it is like it's not fake. It's stage. It's a performance. Yeah, yeah it's that it's like it's a performance. A like people like, do die. Yeah, it's just like, like that's stunts in movies. That's an interesting perspective to look at it. I was like, all right. Yeah. But yeah. the family's yeah. a bunch of dicks. Anyways. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Allegedly. All right, Fighting With My Family, the first Sundance movie to show up on our uh, hey, list so right. far. That was Sundance. I mm-hmm. totally forgot. That was like a, yeah. That was we all said we don't want to go to it. <laughs> yeah, we it thought it was going to be like feature. us, and it wasn't. Yeah. Art, you're number seven. Also from Sundance, this little independent film called Endgame. The Russo brothers started <laughs> off in the late 90s, whenever they started off doing their thing. Uh, and and I think they delivered. I yeah. saw the movie three times in theaters. I know Same. we're not allowed to say that it is allowed to give you emotions because it's too big of a movie. <laughs> but like the so Russo, many. Right? But the Russo brothers directed small, intimate movies. They did they um, uh, Arrested Development. Like, are you mm-hmm. just telling me they completely sold out? I don't think so. Like, no. these are, like, people were like, see, the Russo brothers are industry plants. Now, those are the, the who Stranger Things? The Duffer Brothers. Duffer Brothers came out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, yeah, they have a coke Duffer deal. Brothers. Don't go with like, me like that. The Russo Brothers have been here since the 80s, <laughs> 90s, okay? They have been exactly. working themselves for the longest putting time. Them, putting them the work. Do you get what I mean? I was like, they have earned yeah. this, you know? And they're yeah, taking they the criticisms, it. everything. It's like Taika Waititi earned Ragnarok. Yeah. 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 And then people still complain about that because it's a little bit I different. Know. No, I, I just... People. I'm not against anyone putting Endgame. Uh, we would mention this the last time, an Endgame, John Wink, or Toy Story by the end of the year. This that is will probably the years... still be up there. This is why I had asked the question earlier on, which was, is this the year of the franchises? Because in 2016, we were all excited for everything, and all the big movies, Batman v Superman, you know, they did not hit as well as people wanted them to. No. Yeah. But I knew I'm sorry, but John Wick 3, Endgame, which is Avengers 4, Toy Story mm-hmm. 4, these are hitting. What? Yeah. This is the year of the franchise. Right. Like, these yeah. movies are huge. And the remakes? Yeah. Lion King's going to make bank. Uh, yeah. Aladdin's going to make bank. Dumbo didn't even didn't necessarily flop because we keep forgetting how much they're making out of the toys. Yeah. Dumbo <laughs> yeah, I mean, flopped if... comparatively to what they wanted right? to make. But if it was any <laughs> it was... other big movie, yeah. they'd be like, oh, my God. It's like, if, yeah. if you look up, got a yacht. <laughs> if you look up which movies made the most money this year, it is a list of familiar properties, intellectual yeah. properties. It's actually basically a list of things yeah. owned by Disney. True. But that's a it different just... discussion for and a different is... day. It's that every year, so it's kind of good to at least see the list and be like, at least I enjoyed this, and it's not a Transformers on the list. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And for me, I also had Avengers Endgame at number seven. I think it was a successful version of the movie he was trying to do, and Mm -hmm. that is a really entertaining thrill ride. And even at three hours, it remains interesting throughout. You know, I'm not somebody who is first in line for a lot of these comic book movies, but... It just there's a, a sheerly impressive feat in getting all these existing storylines and yeah. actors and stuff together. I mean, I'm just still blown away at the fact that there are more than one 
Oscar-winning actresses in this movie yeah. without any dialogue. They yeah. just show up for they fun. Show up. It, it it shows the uh, crazy amount of work that goes into something like this. And I, I understand uh, why that isn't necessarily the same thing as being a great movie. Mm-hmm. But I was I still often... I mean, it is yeah. a very successful movie. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to, to no, no. dismiss that either. I just was really blown away by their ability to handle it all, to balance yes. it all, to bring all these elements that are familiar to some extent in and not have it feel like a gigantic bloated mess. Yep. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. So I got a number seven on my list. It is way higher on my list, but we've been through this. I'm a Marvel yeah. plant. Disney show. No, I'm not even though. I just actually really <laughs> love the world that they build because I still remember seeing Iron Man back in 2008. Right. And my, my friends were like, let's go see Iron Man. I was like, Iron Man? What? what? And then it was yeah. amazing. And then it's like been this steady stream of like at least average to amazing movies or at least pretty good movies. Like they, they have out of like 22 movies, there's only like two that I would consider bad or yeah. at least like on the side of bad. I don't see why right. people ignore that. They, they I can know. be Transformers and not try on the story, but they exactly, do. Exactly, because And we're going to get mad at them because they're, they have no, that much they're money. Trying, they're successful. bringing in unique directors to t- have their own take on things. They're listening to um, the feedback of the actors. Being the like, actors, okay, like, so you've like been playing Chris this character. Yep. Yeah, you've been playing this character. What's the kind of story you want to tell? You know, they ask, like, what would be your ideal Hulk run? Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you think? Why is Thor working in the Avengers and not working in his own movies? What exactly. do we need to do? What's going on? to make it better and instead of just being like you know steamrolling like fox did or like sony definitely did and just thinking we're ad execs we know warner better. bros dc yeah yeah or especially dc i'm just trying to leave it to the marvel movies leave DC's more had movie in there as yeah it was a suicide yeah. squad stuff as much music in there as possible and exactly like, and honestly want. sony was very guilty of the same things with the amazing spider-man movies they would just throw in this random song that they wanted mm-hmm. to be popular to put a re- weird montage in homecoming also had music but i felt like it fit the scenes it was in into the spider-verse as well they finally were able to the, get more absolutely. updated and people to this day still quote uh hold on danger yeah, I talk exactly. about Spider Man, and they go, "Hold on, danger!" I was like, "Yeah, oh, it's a song." I was like, "Exactly, you... <laughs> it's so okay. good." That's what I'm saying. So I, I think that you know, I don't necessarily know if they they juggled things as well as they did in Infinity War, but this Civil is where War they still their break. best. I'm not just saying Civil know. War still no, their is. best. It's their Easily. best. This at least closes it out in a way that I think is satisfying mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Still had some like long term. Um, consequences Consequences. yeah Mm -hmm. consequences as to what's happening but it still feels like a rewarding ending it is they nailed it they stuck the landing like you can nitpick a lot of little things if you want in it but just from like an enjoyable watching experience yeah they did it bro they brought batman and superman to the screen and it didn't work yeah okay that's what i mean this did this did comparatively it did I, yeah, now, as being a fan, as being a fan, a, a Marvel fan, a show, as you said, were you of upset course. when you didn't get the invite? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was park? like, excuse Did me. Did you flip? I mean, we are on a podcast. If you would like excuse to flip me, out. I've made I made a video talking about how Homecoming is the like, best. Is, and they Spider-Man didn't invite you ever. And they didn't this is crazy. Me? You're a you're a fan who gets paid. Like, what is going on? <laughs> I'm a You've plant. worked your butt Come. off. To be a fan of this franchise and they have I could have been that guy at the Bethesda conference, but in the Marvel thing, it's like, they're like, we got a How mobile game. How is Marvel going to make money if, if they didn't give you a ticket to go talk about it? Who else is going to talk about Marvel? Who? No one. 
This is no ridiculous. one cares. Let's, let's move on like to number me. six. Let's move on to yeah, number six. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, my number six, I'll start us off, was a movie that I caught at Tribeca, but it's out. It's out on VOD even if you want to catch up with it. It's a really pleasant romantic comedy plus one. Uh, it stars Jack Quaid and Maya Erskine as friends who agree to be each other's plus one for a series of weddings that they have to go to together. And kind of predictably, they start to b- develop feelings for one another. But what? it's just the pleasantness of these two and their interactions. You can tell there's kind of like a uh, amicability between them. This comes from a couple of the writers of uh, Pen15, Maya go. Erskine's Hulu show. Mm-hmm. So they, they're very fun, comedic minds. But... Mostly, this is just a great uh, exhibition for Maya Erskine to to be silly, to do voices, to have bits, to, to just kind of be endearing and hilarious. Uh, she's definitely going to be a movie star. This is one of those movies to watch before she becomes that movie star. I like it. And yeah, Jack Quaid's good in this too, so I, I highly would recommend this one. So uh, you... We talked about how romance movies don't often crack these like top ten lists and stuff yeah. like yeah. that. I feel like it, this isn't going to ultimately crack my top ten at the end of the year, but this is going to be one of those like really pleasant, kind of lovey movies that I, I probably will go back to. Right. It reminds me a lot because you brought this up multiple times. I know we mentioned yeah. on the podcast when we're talking about Pen15. Ah, this, the, the previous one, part eight of this. Oh. Uh, yeah. It reminds me a lot, this movie reminds me a lot of Table 17, I think is what that movie was called. Yeah. But I'll give you a better one, Sleeping with Other People. Yes, that is much more the the vibe that I got okay. from this movie than Table Seventeen. Gotcha. Uh, even though it's maybe more of the Table Seventeen plot. Which gotcha. do you prefer? I think Sleeping with Other People is a really great movie. Okay. I, I really that's I Leslie you, Headland, you Really enjoyed the that person, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's the writer director of Russian yeah, Doll. So, yeah, you know, I know. Yeah. We, we like her. Yeah, we yeah. like her. We like her a lot. All right, just want to mention right, your number six. Uh, again, another franchise. I have two more franchises on this. I mean, I already spoiled it. But it is John Wick three? John Wick three. Yep. While the <laughs> while the second half isn't my favorite, it's still just like crazy. But at that point, you're like, no one cared. They're they're yeah. picking up John and going like, it's just an honor <laughs> to fight honor? with you. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? Okay, this isn't an action movie anymore. This is like just everyone's aware of him. But the beginning of it, they weren't yeah. playing around. Uh, <laughs> the knife scene. Compared to the Raid 2s, I don't say stuff like that lightly. Just like I don't say it, it reminded me of a Whiplash-type ending. This thing <laughs> reminded me of the knife scene from the Raid 2 at the beginning. It was insane. Then that horse scene? He went on the side of the horse, Zach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's one thing that John Wick has really upped the game of. It's that action choreography uh, that, that's just second to none, in, at least in American movies. Yeah, so that's clearly mine. Here, take this one. That's clearly mine. Uh, I I feel like they're gonna continue it for like ever. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. it's exciting. That as they long have as this. Keanu is willing to take some of those body shots, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise takes them. He's gonna take them. Yeah. And I'm I'm very curious to see if they do any splits. To like you know we we heard Atomic Blonde was maybe in this world and other things were maybe right, in right. Oh so yeah yeah. Inside for it. Yeah. That's mine. Amanda, number six? Uh, my number six, uh, again, probably something that might not have hit many people's radars and probably people might not have wanted to watch because of the name, Her Smell. Oh, okay. Interesting yeah. pick. Yeah. The okay. most recent one from Alex Ross Perry. I am really upset at myself for having not seen this one. Okay. I'll give a quick shout out to uh, my girlfriend, Caitlin. This is her number one movie yeah. of the year Woo! so far. It's, we got to watch uh, this I one, d- then. 
I have issues. I think Elizabeth Moss is a really great actress, but she's a Scientologist, so I just yeah. I don't like that. So in I, real I, life, yeah, yeah, I very much judge the roles she plays based on the life she lives. It's Handmaid a very weird. It's very weird. That um, exists. Yeah, but her smell is is really good. It's basically the, the her you know, smell is really like, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know her smell is really good. I was in her presence one time. It was amazing. <laughs> um, okay. But uh, it's basically she's just kind of it, it's like it's Taylor's oldest time, you know, self-destructive okay. person in a band, kind of like a aggressive like grunge punk band, uh, yeah. and just kind of dealing with the you know the realities of like being replaced and trying to flip every situation to her benefit. Like she's mm. clearly dealing with all sorts of different addictions. So Elizabeth um, Moss trying and basically you know pushing all the people that are closest to her away because they're finally done with her crap trying to bring in a new younger band uh which has to get cara cara delavine and um, really ashley benson, ashley benson. which yeah, i'm we're big cara delavine fans over here we are big cara delavine we're fans. that's huge. the main reason why i watched it so um but yeah no her performance was like really incredible like she sold that just like deteriorating rock star lifestyle mm -hmm. so incredibly well the only thing that she doesn't fake play guitar very well like it's very obvious that she doesn't know how to play guitar so to the point that it probably would have been better just to not show any <laughs> close-ups of her hands kind of going like this but yeah, other than that the the rest of the performance was just like spot on the attitude just the they really let them look gross i think in a lot of these movies they're scared of letting them actually start to get to the point where they look like they're disgusting drug right, addicts yeah. falling apart. Like they still try to keep them really glammed up. Like and... Destroyer? <laughs> yeah, overly pretty. Yeah, but this is like they let them look like, you know, little grungy punks and and then her dealing with like the realities of that situation. So it's definitely one I recommend. I know you can rent it on iTunes like right now for like mm -hmm. four ninety nine. So it's definitely worth you. it to me. Yeah. And it's crazy because we actually have a legal screening link that was sent to us at south by because i asked for it it's like i have it i just have not seen it well um here's the thing <laughs> yeah alex ross perry does really that. great uh difficult protagonists just yes. whether they're they're assholes yeah. or they're just stubborn golden uh, exits listen these, up philip yeah 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 these really compelling good. people who just don't get it through to their heads that they need to change yeah absolutely Did you know he you wrote christopher just... robin and that because I'm not the biggest fan that's the only reason I've kept it off I am not the biggest fan of Alex Ross Perry um, gotcha. and the last time he linked up with uh, Elizabeth Moss was Queen for of Earth. Queen of Earth which sounds yeah. very similar what you're saying she's a destructive person and now I have to open up yeah. her IMDB and go okay well wasn't she that in Us uh, yes, <laughs> she was in Girl Interrupted is... the one I love I... Mad she's getting typecast, okay? Just deal with it. That's what it's, no, and she's, she's incredible. She's great at it. She's Whatever it is, she's incredible in everything that she's in. I had no idea the Scientology bit. So yeah. it's kind of interesting yeah. to me. But I'm also curious, have you seen Vox Lux? I have seen Vox Lux. Do you? I've heard some people comparing those two. They're yeah. comparable, but I actually think that her smell hits better. Vox Lux definitely has more ambiguity to it. Natalie Portman definitely sells the rock star. Like, she does a good job of it, but it's like, I, it's almost like my brain just can't mm -hmm. separate <laughs> elegance from Natalie Portman. I'm like, oh, it's Natalie yeah, Portman playing a disheveled rock star. Yeah, she's trying apart. to be like she's from Long Island, but she's really Yeah, it's not. like the, the accent just comes out of nowhere at the end of the yeah, movie. I'm like, where did that Island, come from? Yeah, you did not nowhere. sound like that as a child. Um, where did that go? Anyways, but. It's interesting her smell because her smell, Teen Spirit, 
Yeah. That would be um, uh, the act. I don't know what the actor is from. He was an actor who directed that one too, which yeah. was also the same thing for Vox Lux. But Teen Spirit has Elle Fanning in it. Yeah. Yeah. And all three of these came out at TIFF at the same time. They were the yeah, last minute rough. additions. So I was oh, like, yeah. all right, well, dope. We got to see that one movie with the actress who sings. Which one? Which Box one? Lux, Teen Spirit, or Her Smell? <laughs> I yeah. didn't know. So Yeah. I think Her uh, Smell of the ones I've seen is the preferable. Interesting. Yeah. Going to have to add it to the list. And uh, Teen Spirit was directed by Max Minghella. Yeah, who, if you search him up, you may remember him. I think he was in the, the Google movie, The Intern. He's also on uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Yes, go. he is. All right, my number five is Fire. It's the Netflix Fire Festival documentary. Uh, I thought this was the better of the two. I know not everybody agrees with me there, but I thought it was a more elegantly crafted documentary just in terms of the way it tells the story. There's a little less uh, unneeded uh, hating on influencers, I feel like, in this version of the story. It's much more focused on the the moment-to-moment failures of the planning of this festival. It's yeah. also got the the now iconic the now iconic sucking dick for Evian story. He's in an which, ad. If you don't know what I mean, please just go watch yeah. the Fire Festival yeah. documentary. Yes. Uh, it, it's one of the most entertaining documentaries I've seen this year, and the more entertaining documentaries haven't come out yet. True. So uh, <laughs> this is my spot for a documentary Fire. From uh, which we talked about earlier in this year mm-hmm. on Netflix. Did you Number see five. that he's in a trailer? I can't remember what the trailer's for, but it's pretty much. And I don't, he, I don't understand how he hasn't done a Klondike bar commercial. But pretty much, <laughs> it, it was set up like that. Where it's like, what would you do? And then they like give it to him, and he goes like, "Oh, phew! It's the funniest thing." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. saw it with. I, mean, I, don't, he, I don't know what the commercial he's is. He's been in a lot of celebrities' pictures randomly. Yes, and it's really funny because he has embraced a joke as well of the like, "What would you do?" Oh, good, I don't have to. <laughs> I thought it was funny. My only thing with that documentary is the fact that it's F. Jerry's, I think. Yes. Right? Yeah, I hate them. And I'm there's, not there's, a big fan of them. They're horrible There people. are ethical complications behind Don't Bro, Call documentaries. They, yeah, and unfortunately... It's a very uh, interesting conversation to have. Probably not for this, but yeah, it's very yes. interesting. Yeah. I'm yeah. so glad they were able to scrape up 30 grand for the lady. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, Art, you're number five. My number five is these two movies remind me a lot because they both came out at festivals. They're both female-centric, and they both supposedly bombed at the box office. One did for sure. That one was Late Night, right? Late Night lost $33 million. So I'm going to save that one for you because that would have ended up being really an honorable mention because I rewatched both for a video. Yeah. Ended up loving Booksmart way more, baby. Yeah. Late Night, not as much. Late Night deserves top five in mine, but it's there. The more I'm I'm listening to Booksmart, I was like, you know what? I love it. I don't care if it's, like, overly privileged as some people say. I don't care. Like, what? Yeah, so what? I love it. It can still be just as funny, but the more I think about Late Night, I was like, ain't this just a Devil Wears Prada again? Ain't this just another female boss who's just mean? I want y'all to name, I'm going to just give you 10 seconds, I don't want to take too much of the podcast, name me a nice female boss in a movie. I don't want to waste the whole podcast, so I'm going to give you the spoiler one right here. What did you just say? I said I can't think of one. There's the boss. She's mean, (laughs) Melissa McCarthy. There's Cruella DeVille. She's mean. There's Cruella DeVille again in The Devil Wears Prada. We, Alina and I sat down and searched up everything. I even, my mom was searching up movies. We came up with like 25 movies with female bosses. Every single one is mean. 
Late night, you want to be a part of the conversation? Let's have the conversation then. I started wondering. Yeah. Some, I heard a really great article that almost took it away. But this is a top ten list, so I won't say that. Uh, late night is still a hilarious movie. And Mindy yeah, Kaling does a great watching. job with it. But yeah. when it comes between the two, yo, Booksmart, Booksmart. is so funny the second love time it. around. Oh, I loved it from the like first time around. The so second time, funny. sold it. Uh, yeah, of course, I, I prefer Super Bad, but the thing with me is like I don't understand yeah. how like a girl doesn't watch this movie. Like I can't speak for them, but like for me, I know Super Bad. When I show it to Alina, she's like, "This isn't funny." I was like, "It's because it's such a great thing, you know." Like you just like don't Super understand yeah, that like in Bad the too. invoice we can't have it say something <laughs> that gives it away that it's a porn site. Yeah, but Booksmart says things where it's like I don't get the joke, but I can see people laughing at it, and it's funny to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, and uh, I didn't so, get like, the teddy bear. Yeah, but oh my those... god, I lost <laughs> right? it at the fair. <laughs> like Alina's acting so uncomfortable. I was like, what are you as so a gay female, yes. lost it at well, her whole character. All, yeah, and she's telling me this, and I'm like, oh yeah, exactly, because that's one of the crucial parts. You know how funny it is to see that the actresses are swapped. Yeah, like so swapped. she's actually straight in real life. She's actually straight in real life, but mm-hmm. um, uh, the you other mean? one, yeah, she's yeah. actually bisexual in real life so it was kind of yeah. interesting how they played the reverse roles there yeah mm-hmm. um it's so funny is it super bad the female version i don't get why that's a bad thing for people to say it no, is no but i think it has another level of it too but like but it's, its its own level and that's good because mm-hmm. there is five other super bad versions coming out this year and i hope it stays i know it's an honorable mention by the end of the year for yeah. me at least to uh, me it, it will pro- i don't see it coming out of my top 10 I'm so mad that they consider this a failure. Like, it's so contradictive to have set up expectations for a movie when the movie itself is about not setting these expectations. Yeah, and if I talk, I think you talk about just like cultural impact and critical reception. It was a gigantic success. So to break it down to just like it didn't make huge, huge numbers at the box office is a bit of a shame because this is a movie that's probably going to stand the test of time. I agree. Through rewatching Once it starts streaming where it should have gone to first, it's going to be huge. Yeah. Uh, talk the... to some French audiences, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sorry, like, gay teens are going to love this for yeah. years. Dude. Uh, especially, hey. I'm, okay, we have had this discussion. There are no, there's very rarely ever any good lesbian protagonist, like, anything involving lesbians in a movie is usually horrible. You're not a fan of Blue yeah. is the Warmest is... Color? Oh my god, no! That's critically acclaimed, Amanda! I can't eat spaghetti anymore, man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, no, Booksmart, it's just, like, it's so real. And it doesn't, like, go over the top. It is just a fact about the character. It's not the purpose of the movie. It's not anything outside of the range. Like, it's, it just is. And that's so important to see in movies. Yeah, but it's so good. So for me, it's actually, it's, like, my, in, on this list, it's, like, my number one. So I, it's okay, like cool. way All right, then we'll, ahead we'll, for me. We'll talk way more about it when we get there. We can talk, yeah. Things. I just For I me, it's, it. dude, George. Oh my I've God. never related. I saw the movie and I realized, damn it, I'm George. George. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally George. I'm not as flamboyant as George, but no. my goodness am I George. He's like, can we just get this stuff correct? Play your role, yeah? Just do me that. <laughs> when he time. yells at his sister, <laughs> I told y'all to be quiet. I have the house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. it's so a bunch funny. of characters that you feel like you ah. know. It definitely feels very modern in its depiction mm-hmm. of teenage dumb and mm-hmm. coming and you know coming into age. Uh, I love the empathetic streak that runs through the movie. It has a bunch of characters set up to be the people you hate, and then mm-hmm. reveals them to be very decent people. Yeah, yeah. 
which I think is what something the best that has evolved in team comedies since Superbad. Absolutely. A, a lot nicer to the periphery characters. Yeah, that's one of the best lines. I just want people to know me by my name for the next four years. I was like... Yes. Yeah. Then, I, then I go to That's IMDb. So they didn't even give her by her name. I was so mad. God damn. Nah, it was good. Oh. Liked a lot. All right. So uh, I think that leaves us to Amanda's number five. Uh, so I put late night, and we already talked oh, about cool. it. Oh, cool. So yeah. Uh, why, why, what did we you can love talk about it? it a little more because it's also my number four. Okay. Uh, we all we all saw it together at some. Yeah, we did so. all see it together. We did. Yeah. I think it's got that Devil Wears Prada vibe that uh, Art alluded to. Although one thing that I think is different from here and the Devil Wears Prada is I really appreciated how much Mindy Kaling loved the job. Whereas, you know, yes. Anne Hathaway is kind of like, why she, am I here? Yeah. In Devil Mindy Wears Prada. Kaling's like, I yeah, gave there's, up there's an actual real, factory job for this. There's mm-hmm. an actual like love for the magic of late night. Uh, the, the, the environment of mm. it, the production of it, it's a special type of uh, environment. And I think that's something that you need in movies that are very workplace-centric is show us why this workplace is different. Yeah. Show us why this workplace is special. I think it got that. Uh, I do think there is some weird like gender dynamic confusion in the movie that like thinking about it has sort of made it not age as well as yeah. I wanted it to, I, but I laughed out loud a lot during it, which yeah. is something to say. Yeah, I didn't catch it on the, the like, I didn't catch it when it came out in theaters properly, um, which I meant to, just to kind of give it another watch, but, uh, like, I definitely, I don't think this is going to stay in my top ten list by the end right. of the, well, it definitely isn't because I already know what's coming out, so <laughs> I already know what's, yeah, so it's not in my top ten right now, so it's probably not going to stay. Um, but I did like it. Like I, you know, it was enjoyable. I I like Mindy Kaling. I like that it was able to make fun of, you kind of pulled like some office type jokes where like somebody Mm -hmm. says something that's like really inappropriate and everyone's like, yeah, you can't. I wish I was an under, I wish I was a minority female. The person of color. Then I can get yeah. whatever job I want. <laughs> we yeah, all looked at each other like, like, oh, they go in there. And then they ended up in the trailer. I remember the trailer yeah. dropped. And we were yeah, all tweaking out about that. We're like, damn, they kept that line in they there. They actually okay. kept that in the trailer. Because we thought they were going to cut. Th- you thought they might cut that from the movie entirely. Yeah. Like yeah. from the movie itself. Yeah, not just the trailer, the movie. And it made oh, the no, trailer. They, and they, they ended up wasting $33 million. On but it, it's just unfortunate. They're, they're releasing all these really good movies just stacked around so many massive franchise movies and kid movies. So obviously yeah. theaters are going to prioritize the franchises, the kid movies. Why are you releasing it in movies? the summer? It's so weird. These aren't summer movies. They're, they're not. S- do you remember what was summer movies back in the day that were independent or last year? <laughs> to all the boys who loved before. Loved before. Yeah. That was on Netflix while all the that big ones were coming out in theaters. And then yep. when Searching came out, it was at the tail end of August. Tail AKA, August. what are we talking about at the end of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen? The movies the coming out in August, which are all August. these independent yeah. crazy things. So it is yeah. kind of weird that they released them here. They complained yeah, they, about they, 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 Booksmart they a bit going early. wide. Yeah. And they're like, it should have gone limited. That's what Late Night did. And yeah. that lost even more money. So I it's know. weird. Like, Booksmart probably should have come out maybe a couple months earlier so that it wasn't competing with anything or yeah. saved itself a little bit. For longer. August or something. Yeah. yeah. That would have been dope. Or but, not call yourself Booksmart. <laughs> yeah. But it was fun. I like it a lot. Yeah. Well, right. we'll keep its memory alive even if it didn't necessarily make a yeah. whole lot. Uh, but Art, Late Night was my number four, Amanda's number five. What is your number four? Not the biggest fan of Climax. Not the biggest fan of last year's 
uh, was a remake of Spiria. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like Under the Silver Lake a lot. <laughs> and That's I my don't number know four. what's going on. <laughs> That's my number four. <laughs> All right, then you start off because I don't even know how to talk about this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I, I saw this last year. So, but it, it visually oh, released man. this year. But I like tracked down a copy because people were talking yeah. about it, and it's just like because it was never going to get released. It's it the was movie A twenty four is literally trying to hide. They're A twenty four tweets, and it's just all the fans. They're worse than Alita fans, but they have a purpose. <laughs> They're like, can you please release the movie? We want to own yeah. it. You know, I bought this on Vudu <laughs> to watch. I was going to rent it, and I was like, four ninety nine to rent a movie? That's ridiculous. Then you want to know what happens when I click it? That was for the SD version. Am I buying an SD version? No. <laughs> no. But then I'm also not paying six ninety nine to rent it. So now I either got to buy it. Zach, am I buying it in SD for $13.99? I paid no. $15.99 for this damn movie, and I don't own a copy of the movie. Oh, man. <laughs> I love it. But I'm it obsessed with it a little wild. bit. <laughs> It was wild. It is like this whole thing about these winding conspiracy theories. And it's almost like this is like, why are you getting so concerned about all these winding conspiracy theories? And it just never ends. Yesterday, Zach and I were... Go go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. I had like an entire page written about this that I should go grab. But it was just like... We got to go share this afterwards. We can't spoil it for people. But to go off of what you're saying, Alina started rewatching it again last night. Mm -hmm. Zach and I are, are doing the live stream for a bit, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a good, you know, after our talk and everything, it was about an hour. Alina, I know, had started playing it before I came in here. I go out there. She had only gotten like 30 seconds in because she kept freeze framing and jotting down stuff. Yeah, Amanda, so much. in the back, there's a menu with dashes. She was trying to figure out the Morse code. Exactly. This is what I mean. Because you get the audience so obsessed with trying to figure out the meaning of all these little things that don't matter. Yes. And I'm ready to laugh. And then she goes, before you laugh at me, look at the guy's shirt. And there's a guy with animals on his shirts. And I go, okay, so what? We read up on it. It turns out that that company who makes those shirts supplied Uh the production with clothing. Some would leave it as that. Alina said that's impossible. (laughs) Hey, how much does dog killing play a role in the movie? Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Quite a bit. If you take the guy's shirt. Uh-huh. Right from the beginning of the movie at the cafe shop. And he shows up later yeah. on at a party, too. He has circles with animals in them. If you uh-huh. take the first letter of every single animal, I believe I should have it here in the notes. Wait, Alina I think I did like, see that. I think yes, I did see that. Alina was saying, he's like, she took every single letter. And at that point, she started saying, there's absolutely no way that this doesn't spell beware the dog killer. Yes. However, she didn't have the K in the I because his shirt was folded. And I was like, it spelled all weird, but it was one of those things where it's like, you're so ridiculous. But, but. if we see a good version and it, like what possible animal could be a K and an I so your theory can be correct that they're literally in your face going, beware mm-hmm. the dog killer. Ladies and gentlemen, she was right. It was a goddamn koala and an iguana. <laughs> it does in fact spell beware the dog killer. <laughs> dog killer. Zach, this the is the movie, first 30 seconds of the movie. So <laughs> the good. movie turning movie fans into conspiracy theorists. Worse, worse. By the, the end of it, yeah. by the end of it, People Alina thought it was Spider- for- It was the Amazing Spider-Man 3 released secretly. Because <laughs> if you really pay attention to it, I, I, this is a talk for a later time, Amanda. Yeah, because it's the same guy who did It Follows. Yes. Which was actually one of my favorite horror same. movies in recent memory yeah. of the new, David of the new Robert millennial. David Robert Mitchell, really. I believe. Love the yeah, tone David for Ro- It Follows. Yeah, David Robert Mitchell. It never really followed, but yeah, sure. Yeah. This movie, though. This movie. (laughs) He's got me following. I'm like, I'm watching it at work because this is when I was on this mad dash to watch as many movies that released Uh, in 2018 as possible. So it's like five o'clock in the morning and I'm watching this being like, 
what is going on? Writing down little notes, being like, what did you see that thing mean? in the background? And what? then it ends up becoming like technically a Mulholland Drive 2, but not necessarily. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so I, weird. I'm and about to buy is... this on Blu-ray for 35 bucks. Is it on Blu-ray? Yeah. Then why the hell did I buy a copy of this one? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, All right, Under Silver the Lake Obsession aside. Yeah, it's uh, very I, good. Uh, my number three is a movie we just spent a lot of time talking about, Booksmart. Mm. Uh, so I'll just echo everyone's statements mm. in being that it is funny. It's really enjoyable. The characters are really real. Uh, but number three, Art, back to you. Wait, which one was yours? Booksmart. Booksmart. Oh, three. Booksmart, of course. Right. You didn't have any extra thing. Who's your favorite character from Booksmart? I do want to know that. I really like joke. Uh, what or joke? I mean, the joke that I uh, referenced on an intercut intro not too long ago. That I, <laughs> when they're tripping and she says, <laughs> "I threw up and my mom caught it in her hands because she <laughs> loves me." <laughs> she loves me. I have a similar one, but it's for the dad. Oh, okay. oh yeah. You can't be leaving. I made all this food. Like salami. <laughs> your father, who's loved you all my life. I don't know <laughs> why that one catches me every single okay. time. It's Just good. there's a sweetness to the movie yeah, there is. that I thought is really, really hysterical. Just the yeah. the, the way they love each other mm-hmm. in this movie, particularly uh, how uh, over the top Beanie is. Beanie's yes. character is. In loving Caitlyn Deaver's character, I, I yeah. found really, really sweet and funny. Oh, when it they just really stop sweet. and they go, uh, oh my gosh. Who gave you? You permission to look this good. To look this good? Are those new AirPods? Oh my gosh. Why do they look oh better than gosh. anyone else's oh AirPods? They give you that Spider-Man poster? They yeah, just knew you were the number one e. fan. That wasn't even for marketing. That was for you. That was for me. <laughs> right, I'll play the role of Jessica Williams and break up this yeah. love fest. <laughs> Sorry, we're going Art, on. what's your she number three? She killed it too, though. She killed it too when she wanted to go to the she party. Killed. My number three, yeah. Zach, because I know this video will be out by the time this gets released. You might have to sneak it in there, but I'm pretty sure you snuck it in there too because I know you're a smart guy. It's the farewell. The farewell <laughs> oh, comes okay. out in theaters by the time you're watching this bad boy right here. <laughs> we delayed this podcast because I needed to get one of them in there from Sunday. <laughs> Then this that's going being... on my list, too. Farewell, yeah. baby. The farewell. Uh, Zach, where does this fall for you? Uh, so I don't have it on my list. If it was, it'd be number one. Number one. So I'm going is... to let you talk about this one, then. Yeah, I mean, this is a movie that we all saw at Sundance and we all really, really loved. Uh, it's the second movie, I believe, from Lulu Wang. Mm-hmm. Bro, we got into and... We got the nosebleeds, remember? Yeah, we got, <laughs> yeah, we got the back back of the theater. Uh, but we were able to catch what is a really thoughtful, interesting drama about this family that's trying to get all together and see a, a dying member for mm-hmm. a last time without telling her that she's sick and dying. It's yeah. a classic. And it brings up making. all these... It brings up all these really interesting questions of, like, what do we owe each other? How honest should we be with each other? Yeah. What, what is the role of family to protect or to, you know, be there and inform and just sort of be, uh, be a shoulder to cry on when needed? Yeah. I, it, it sounds really dramatic in that setup, but it's actually very funny in the it ways was. that they're able to play with this idea of who knows what and what are we even allowed to say? Yeah. I, I was just really, I, I thought this was such a thought-provoking movie, and there's so many little details in this that uh, I'm just still thinking about. The the interactions between the uh, couple that's getting married <laughs> yeah. and, I feel that's and the rest of the family. Focused on. 
it, it's so just this hilarious thing happening in the background that they yeah. don't spend that much time on. So uh, it's a movie that I'm really, really eager to revisit. And now that it's going to be on theaters when you're watching this, yeah. farewell. Definitely check it out. And yeah. you would have it as your number Love one. It. I would. At, like, everything. Yeah. That's what he would. Kind of. Uh, out of everything, it, that and Britney are, are kind of competing. Yeah, you did really like Britney. Yeah. I really uh, I, I love The Farewell. I think right now it's kind of floating around my fifth, sixth, seventh kind of area on my list for the yeah. favorite ones I saw. But yeah. it was just so – because I remember we, we saw it after we saw The Nightingale. Yes. And I remember we were walking out, and I'm like, man, I'm just so excited to have something a little bit lighter. And then Alina was all like, this is about a dying grandmother? And <laughs> <laughs> like... we're pulling up because – so the way that Sundance worked for us, right, is that I was the only one who they gave priority pass to. I don't know yeah. why – so I was like, all right, it's my duty. I would go there, right, while they're waiting in line, and I would shoot up to the top. Yeah. It's Sundance, so I have five jackets on, and I would lay them <laughs> across the top, and I would be like, if they're getting popcorn. There, he's like, they're getting popcorn. They're, they have mad diarrhea right now, because you're not allowed to save a seat. I'm like, they have mad diarrhea right now, and, and yeah. they, so I would just they say, I was like, they, they just saw the nightingale. They just, yeah, They just saw the nightingale. So I was saving the seats all the give way to the top. Give them a minute. Yeah, give them a minute. They yeah. just saw the nightingale, right? And you have to remember, They're it's me the saving five seats at Sundance for yeah. sold out movies. I was like, y'all need to get here. And like, anytime I'd be like, Alina's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I was like, nah, no, no you're you not. Need to come here first. <laughs> you need to come over here first. Then you can you're you're going to drop your purse off first, but. Yeah. Uh, but it ended up being so, it was, it was still, you know, tragic and heartwarming and it did have like the dramatic flair, but it was so funny at the same time Yep. in how heartwarming it was. And it did just have this huge, cause uh, I don't know if you mentioned, it's like a huge cultural thing. It's not just that the yes. family's de- debating internally. It's just it's that East versus she's West. in China. And then the family moved when the main character played by Aquafina was about six years old. So up until the point she was six, she lived in China and this was her culture. And now she's been in America for like the last 12 years, you know, 12 to 15 years. So, right. she's, so we're getting the clash of the people so who lived in China their yeah. whole lives, the people who grew up in China and moved and the people who basically don't yep. know of Chinese. Culture. Yeah, you remake this movie that- without that. You don't yeah. got a movie. You don't got a you movie. You don't. You need that. You need that because that's the debate. Because in Western culture, you would never be able to do that. Legally, you cannot mm-hmm. tell somebody that they weren't dying. But in China, it's seen as a kindness, I guess, to just say, yeah. why let them burden themselves with death when they can just enjoy their life while they have it? It's and crazy, it's just this dude. huge struggle within her because she's got the divide from both sides. Yeah. Of, I remember my time in China. I remember my family here. But now I've been like, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's that's going to be a it, very it interesting so, debate. So heartwarming. Because obviously the grandma bit keeps you in, but then it's the cultural yes. thing that's like, whoa, yes. this is a very intriguing movie. I don't want to compare it too much to another one that I have on the list, but that whole idea mm-hmm. of West versus East is a big thing yes. that gets brought up, especially for elderly people. Mm-hmm. It's another very yeah. popular line that you'll be hearing about, like, well, we put ours in the uh, elderly home, so what are we doing that's mm-hmm. different? Uh, yeah. My favorite bit of the whole farewell experience, unless you guys have anything else to add? Nope. It's my favorite part of the movie, and it has nothing to do with the movie. It was when my stupid self... <laughs> heard Amanda say she reminds me so much of my grandma and I was so out of it be it because we were so high up in these seats these aren't theater seats it was after the movie was done so we're leaving and it's like 2am and you're like this is like Broadway theater seats okay so we're not like at the above by the projector we are like like... (laughs) with a sound engineer (laughs) and we're like this much leg room yeah we got great reception by the way but I'm so out of it and she goes she reminds me of my grandma and I'm so stupid I go wait your grandma's Chinese (laughs) And they all looked like, at me like, no, but it's just like priority pass. No, it's just, but no, 
know. It was just like the attitude and the how she's all Dude, like, oh, you yeah. you know, like the concern about like having a nice boy and just the, how you're different than your cousins and like yeah. just different things like that. It was just and like I the, legit the, the, the thought you, yeah. I legit thought you were, what's her name from Aloha? <laughs> Me and Emma Stone have a ton in common. I was like, I had no idea. I felt so, di- like I felt disrespectful. And then I realized I'm like, I'm just an idiot. Never mind. Never no, mind. Zach, what is your number two of the year? Uh, I don't know if we got Amanda's th- number three. Oh, okay. Uh, my number three would be us. Cool. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, so I had us, that as some of the most rewatchable things of this past year. Yeah. So us, uh, obviously the follow-up to uh, Jordan Peele's Get Out. Um, I don't think it is as viewer friendly as get out i think get out was a lot more accessible to a wider audience us has a little bit more of uh i think i kept saying it lives in like the subtext like there's a lot of very literal questions that people can ask and be like why didn't this just happen or why didn't this and i'm like because it's supposed to be representing this so if you can't wrap your head around the fact that it's like a representation for something you're probably not going to have a good time watching it there's a rorschach on the poster if that didn't give it away you bought the ticket to the wrong movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But overall, it was like very gripping, um, very, you know, just the chilling reality of kind of like seeing yourself in the reflection and just like the darker sides of yourself mm-hmm. that you don't want to admit to yourself. Yeah. You know? It's us. Um, we, we had a debate about this, about like a lot of people seeing us as something externally. Yeah. And I was like, I personally feel that it was called us and his interview specifically say, because it's like, no, look within your, like, what are you doing yeah. to change? Not... Ah, yeah. yes, this movie reminds me of an administration. It reminds me of people I know. It's like, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, definitely do that. But, like, also, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, and then there's also, obviously, like, I feel like there was a really big social commentary there of, like, social classes and not being able to get out of social classes. And we've had this discussion before of people it's who do get out talk, yeah. not being able to go back yeah. and pull those people out the same way. Mm-hmm. You never right. see that happen. So everybody just is just trapped in this cycle, and that's why she's physically stuck, you know? That's, That's kind of what movie. I saw. There. Some people yeah. wanted an actual Selma. Like, they want to see the yeah, revolution. They, they want, want it to be metaphorical. And I was like, no. That's, good. yeah. That's it's not good. what this was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, great choice at number three, Us mm-hmm. by Amanda. My number two, getting into our top twos, is High Flying Bird. It's the Steven Soderbergh iPhone shot movie mm. uh, about a basketball agent negotiating some contracts during a lockout. This is a very talky movie. Yes. It's, it's like mostly just people in, in different conference rooms exchanging strategies about how they're going to approach this uh, work stoppage and how they're going to make money in the end. But I, I found the dynamics of it fascinating. It's a really... Uh, Firecracking script by uh, Terrell McIrany, uh the writer of Moonlight, mm. and I, I just was was riveted by the conversations in this. It does help that I bring in it a interest in sports and mm-hmm. the business of sports, particularly. I don't know if this is necessarily going to appeal to everybody quite as much as it appeals to uh, me, given my prior interests. But you know, Soderbergh has this way of making movies that aren't even necessarily heist films feel like. The characters oh, are pulling film. one over, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're, great, they're... great quote, yeah. And, and I think the, j- there's just a feeling, a really cool feeling, like we're gonna we're gonna steal this one from them, even though it's just contract negotiations yeah. in this. Uh, a really great cast: Andre Holland, I forget the dude's name, who was in uh, uh, American, uh, Vandal? American Vandal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zazie Beetz is in this movie too as well as some NBA players, I I thought this was a really cool movie. And it's not one that I expect to make my top 10 at the end of the year, but I really enjoyed it. 
Uh, it's one of those movies, you know, I mention these all the time, the movies where I may not watch them again, but I'm going to talk about mm-hmm. them a lot. Yeah. The discussions yeah. that come out of this movie when you realize that the express written consent from the NBA doesn't just mean the footage, but the actual NBA players, there's a problem here. ISU, yeah, yeah I keep up with when What's-His-Name can't get a tattoo that says Supreme right. because that's going to yeah, be Yeah, you look at a... Uh... The J.R. Smith tattoo case. Sheesh. Right. And you see all these other stuff and how they, they want to oversee, you know, what they do on the weekends, what goes on their Instagram posts because they own those people. And it's such a scary – I mean, this is just – this is a follow-up to the um, Medicare movie practically where he yes. said he's like uh, – Right. They, they abuse you and they use your they, – they suck your insurance out even if you don't have a, a, a mental – Problem to stick you into these institutions. Also shot on an iPhone. I'm a little weary on why he keeps shooting on an iPhone and then he gets these really big actors. That's my only gripe against the movie. Okay. But man, was this money ball for the NBA almost. Yeah. Nice. It's on Netflix, is it? Yes, it is on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, it actually came out at Netflix movie. It came out at Slamdance, if I'm not mistaken, which coincides with Sundance. For those of you who don't know, Slamdance is the people who feel Sundance fakes being independent. Oh, no. <laughs> so they're making true independent movies, and they came okay. out with this, and another movie called Happy Face, which no oh, one yeah. knows anything about. That was about a, a guy, a kid who pretends to be disfigured yeah. in order to go into a therapy group. And, like, I don't know. I, I don't know what else happened to those movies, but I'm glad this one got picked up on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so I would definitely catch up with it. As you mentioned, there's a lot of really interesting ideas about uh, intellectual property. It's scary. And ownership it's scary. Of, of your... Yeah. That, that do make this more than just a sports movie. So I, I think there's a lot there for people. Bro, it's, yeah. That's why and yes, I, he did shoot it on an iPhone. It's I, That's kind of cool. I'm done with it. I like on an it. iPhone, man. You're done with it? He's got a good eye. Let me see it. Okay. Uh, well, number two. Amanda's number Amanda. two? Or actually, you're number two, I think, Art. Mine's Toy Story 4. I ain't got to say much more. Right. Uh, I, honestly, everything that's left for me is stuff we've already talked about. So Avengers, okay. Booksmart, and then I just kind of have like Spider-Man there as an aside, oh, just because so, I Marvel shill. But, all right, yeah. Then, <laughs> yeah. then Zach, let's get into so, our yeah, number ones. Uh, anything yeah. about Avengers Endgame that you wanted to bring up that we didn't bring up earlier? Uh, I feel like we we covered everything. Like I think, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we covered everything. I honestly think that they also did a good job kind of subverting some expectations. Like I think there was yeah. a lot of things that people expected to happen either between a handful of characters and they still managed to sneak some stuff in there where you're like... Well, Zach guessed it all because he was Whoa. the only one who guessed it wasn't going to be Cap. What a genius. Wow. <laughs> what a genius. Amazing. Um, yeah. But no, I'm, I'm happy with it. As someone who's been along for the entire ride and especially the last handful of years, been very, very pleased with the quality of film that's been coming out from them, I'm happy with the ending. That's yeah. dope. Dope. Yeah. All right, so my number one, Amanda, you mentioned it already, and I was not really expecting it to be my number one. I was even kind of looking for other movies I could put in this slot, but I do feel like Us is the movie that impacted me most from the first half of 2019. Uh, Art, you brought up the idea of the Rorschach. I was really, really impressed with the way that the film has an ability to clearly be about something, but be about something different to different people. You know, when I walked out of the movie, I clearly saw uh, it as a, as something that was analogous to the current situation involving immigration. And I saw it with my girlfriend who turned to me after the movie and was like, so that's about class, right? And it's like, it's, yeah, it is about both those things. It's It's about class. It's about race. It's about any situation in which you can kind of differentiate between us and them and use that as a point to create a division. Yeah. Uh, And I feel like to do something like that in such a visually striking film and such a captivating 
film with really great performances, some that are dramatically interesting, like Lupita Nyong'o, some that are just hilarious and entertaining, like Winston Dukes. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's a really successful... It's a, There's a lot of ways in which this movie was very successful, even though it's not the specific, the specific kind of statement and enjoyable uh, new vision that I found Get Out to be. Mm -hmm. I still thought there was a lot to appreciate about us. Yep. I agree. That's solid. Alina brought up something yesterday about us because we were watching deleted scenes of the mm -hmm. ballet and she had brought up what if they're not happening at the same time? Because at no point do they ever say they're mimicking what's happening above, down, below all the okay. time. Okay, right. Right, right. They they're kind not, of maybe are. not tethered quite like that. As we think they are. Because we do know right. they can get untethered and go yeah. up and do some things. So Lena started bringing up, he's like, who's to say that they mm -hmm. were doing that to begin with? And I was like, whoa, I haven't even thought about that. <laughs> what if he made it so for us to assume that that's what was, was happening at all times? But then we also know that's impossible. Like, how many tunnels could be down below that when they're driving away, these guys try to do, you know? Yeah. Right, right. So yeah. I feel that there's so much more, and I know he knows it. It's almost like an <laughs> enemy effect. Like, you know how much faith I have in, in, in Denny. I have yeah. so much faith in Denny. When I don't like a movie of his, I know it's my fault. Like, you know? Like, I know it's <laughs> my fault. I, I, I love oh Get God. Out so much that I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for things where I was like, this just doesn't feel like it makes sense. But I feel like yeah. you're doing the thing that's the hardest thing for a director writer to do. Not tell you. And yeah. he keeps yeah. it in his pocket and he hears people call it crap and he hears people say it doesn't make sense and he tries his damn hardest to not go, <laughs> uh, but I do have it all. Because yeah. then he has it all. He yeah. made him sign contracts to say you ain't saying anything. So That's it's true. like, I feel like there's still a little bit more that I haven't cracked. It's one of the reasons I haven't made the video. I'm like, I, I feel like there's one more thing there. Um, so for that alone, how could you not yeah. mention yeah. it? Absolutely. This one's a so yeah, that's my number one of the year. Art, what was your number one of the year? This one was a little better, Zach. You just haven't seen it. I don't know why. Because it is midsummer. It's out right it now. It doesn't exist where I live currently. Yeah, but you know, like you, you, you have a better chance going to Sweden where you're located <laughs> practically. <laughs> I keep forgetting because I told her I was like, "Yo, we're gonna do this at two uh, EST." And she goes, okay. Well, you were like two. Well, oh, I said, I said two. Yeah, I said two. And then she's and like, which like, one? Because you're, already is, you're CST, he's EST, and I'm whatever. What, which, what's your abbreviation? AST, Atlantic Standard Time. Never heard of AST before. I've heard it's, assist and est, but never AST. Well, um, AST exists. I really yeah. hope you get this movie soon. I really hope uh, you watch this movie. It's playing in my hometown, so I might actually take the like hour, 45-minute drive to go watch it. I also really love Hereditary. Mm -hmm. So much to the point that after watching Midsommar, I didn't think it was better than Hereditary. But I knew I wasn't going to say anything until... Like, my tweet was literally just tweeting out the name. <laughs> That's all I did. <laughs> I just yeah. I think I tweeted out, Get Out, Hereditary, Midsommar, that. Midsommar. Kind of, like, implying, like, I like the original, their, their first outing right. more than that. But I cannot stay, stop thinking about this damn way. I was supposed to get this video yeah. up to Chase, and I'm telling like, I'm figuring out more stuff right now. Like, Alina okay. just brought up this thing. Like, I didn't even know that was a part of it, dude. Like, what? <laughs> there's so much that wow. goes into this movie. And then there's so much that goes into the Christian side of things that you can... So, you know how, like, some people are like, Get Out and Us can be in the same universe? Kind of? Kind of. Kind of? Kind of over here, too. I'm just saying Hereditary was about a resurrection that happened in the spring. <laughs> and this one just so happens to be taking place in the summer. I don't know what the hell he's going to do with... 
fall. Oof. And I'm not watching his movie about winter. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. He's ruining uh, I, all the seasons. I could be wrong. Hereditary was your number two movie of 2017. And you know I don't even care about numbers, so that, that bad boy was just up there. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's what's crazy. Yes. That was It was Get Out a year past then, the follow-up. This man went hereditary straight to this. Uh, I want to send you guys an article uh, right after this. Did you know he never got to see the success of Hereditary? He was filming Midsommar yeah. when that happened. He literally flew over here for the week of press. Everyone said they loved it. He's like, do you? I got to go film this, <laughs> this movie in Sweden. Uh, yeah, Hungary, he's ba- Hungary. Back to the village he built in Sweden. That's he so built funny. it from scratch, goes over there. He says, I never got to feel it. And they end the interview with going, I really hope you get to feel it with Midsommar because I think you're going to yeah. have the same success. Sadly, it hasn't been there yet. But like <laughs> that man killed it with Midsommar. And, uh, yeah. Both, Midsommar and Hereditary. Nice. Dope. Uh, yeah, we need to catch up with Midsummer. Uh, we'll talk it. about it shortly on Intercut, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Amanda, your number one of the year, you mentioned it's uh, Booksmart. It's Booksmart, yeah. Booksmart's my number one. Uh, I feel like we touched on everything. I feel like I kind of got all my points out about it. It just, it really resonated with me in a lot of levels, and I laughed out loud, like, very hard. And, it, like, I saw it in the middle of the day, and, like, there wasn't, a, it was, like, the first day it was showing on, like, a Thursday. There wasn't a lot of people there. And I'm, I, I went to see it alone, and I'm still laughing. That's just, a good thing. Yeah, just yeah. having a great time watching this movie. Uh, for me, probably my favorite joke is the everything with the little panda teddy bear. That's that's, that's where I lost it. Yeah. I was like, this movie gets it. No other movie does <laughs> no this with female characters. It. There's that thing, right, where you're like, thank you. Thank you. Well, it's because it's like everybody right. just wants they want to shy away from that kind of stuff when it involves girls. They're like, yeah. no. And then yeah. I, big thing, I love the fact that the characters, their conflict didn't have anything to do with them fighting over the same guy or the same mm-hmm. person. Like, their conflicts had more to do with, like, real genuine things Themselves. that usually isn't allowed in any kind of, like, teen drama involving, like, female characters. Yeah. Right. Usually right. they right. always They're have always them pitted against each other for, like, males or guys. Or a or... work or a role totally. or something. It's like, no, they were going to completely yeah. different schools. You just want... Yeah, I don't want to get just... too much into spoilers. But it's a good discussion to have there with Booksmart and a lot of the other movies mm-hmm. that we saw, Big Time Adolescence and other stuff like that. That yeah, so loved it. Yeah, uh, I'll note that uh, the movies that appeared on all of our lists were Avengers: Endgame and Booksmart. There you go. Uh, really, so those that are probably our big recommendations so Endgame far. Endgame and Booksmart, the sure. biggest movie of the year, <laughs> and the movie considered to not have made enough money. Crazy. That's so interesting. That's crazy. Who would have thought? Uh, I know we did want to talk about if you're still watching this and you saw. I'm pretty sure we're going to have all the lists in the description down below. But we also do have a couple of mentions that we do want for August. So if you guys don't mind, I'll say some right now. uh, And then we can talk about them a little bit. Most of these, I have them on here. A lot of them are coming out in August. Like (laughs) the 23rd, the 12th, the 2nd. So, Oscar pushes. Uh, let me mention some of these, and then you guys can hit me up on your thoughts and then add some more. But I pretty much have, like, an actual top ten. The Nightingale comes out, if I'm not mistaken, August 2nd. Yeah, that's Incredible it. movie for you to go watch. It is, it is, it's crazy. We have our stories of our screening also, and our lady. Yeah. You were saying? Oh, my God. It's also, it's also a tough recommendation because of the story that's why we're about to, to tell. That's why I love to that's why I love to recommend. I know, but it you is one of those ones. It's pretty. Oh, so basically, we're, we're we're sitting there, and this is the first movie. They come around to us, and they start asking for ID because no movies at we Sundance no are rated yet. They don't have yeah. ratings. They're not rated R, teen, whatever. And they start asking for ID to make sure that we're eighteen plus. And then before the movie starts, the guy's like, 
just so you know, there's some really graphic scenery in this, a lot of graphic imagery, a lot of, you know, really just we're giving you the warning. We have therapists and psychologists on site and then a little bit of a giggle from the crowd. He's like, nope. No, like, really? we're not kidding. We're, we're not kidding. kidding. If, if, if there's anything, this. please just direct it to one of our lovely helpers and we will be able to assist you. And then this movie starts. And then it's the, the probably Remember, the most We're sitting in the balcony. Because that's yeah, where I'm sitting again, the we're in the balcony. We're up in the balcony. And it's the next 15 minutes, the most uncomfortable moments of my life. And you, you get through one thing and you're like, okay, that must have been it. And then? I can breathe. And then? And then it gets worse. Then that oh, yeah, noise happens. Don't. Oh, my God. Then that noise happens? And bef- but before that happens, like, literally the person that she starts, she runs out. She, she's running, but she's running so fast, holding her mouth, she almost falls over the balcony. The balcony. No exaggeration. Like, this is a high b- b- balcony. Like, and she almost falls because she's so quickly trying to escape this Rush situation. Out. She sat in the middle yeah, she was in the middle. So she's tripping over people. She's trying to make sure she has all her stuff. She doesn't care. She's gone. And then you kind of see some other people trickle out behind her. I would say, I th- at least from the balcony, I would say there's five people who walked out from the balcony yeah. and probably and we more from the balcony. can't see anything alone. at the floor, yeah. Yeah. And then the uh, follow-up to this is that our buddies see it uh, a week later, uh, around there, a couple days later. And when they see it, uh, there were <laughs> the ambulances, they stopped the movie. Someone had yeah. passed yeah. out. Now, yeah. it turns out that it had to do with the heat and stuff. But we're yeah. going to continue addressing it and saying that it was the movie. So, But it could be both. Because, movie. like, if you're getting stressed out and you're warm, that can make you, like... Could be. Totally. Yeah. Um, another one. You can uh, you can catch our recaps from the Sundance Film oh, Festival yes, to get the full version of, of those Nightingale stories. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a bunch of movies that we're excited for coming out. Actually, just in August, you mentioned Nightingale. Yep. Uh, my maybe favorite movie of the year so far, Bringing Runs a Marathon, will be out in August. Good too. Your maybe favorite movie of the year, Art Loose, is coming out true. in August. Loose is true. Uh, Second. Just want to give some love to documentaries to look out for in Midnight Family, mm-hmm. Honeyland. And the amazing yeah. Jonathan uh, documentary all are coming out later this August. year. Yeah. And you can amazing catch it on Jonathan Hulu. in August. And you yeah. can catch it in Hulu. Yeah, and don't yes. get tripped up. There was a lot of amazing do- Jonathan documentaries coming out. You need... The good oh, one. Oh, they changed it. It's now just the amazing Jonathan documentary. Yeah, it's not untitled it was, anymore. They crossed out the untitled because now they titled it. the untitled amazing Jonathan documentary, which was way better. They should have kept it. But there's so many of those damn movies coming out, but this is the one. They should have they yeah. kept it because that's what got me to read the synopsis exactly. to begin with was the For fact the that they had the audacity to call it Untitled. And they I need to go the back. IMDb, they need to change And it. I looked at Alina and I said, I really do think this is going to be called Untitled. Deadpool kept it. Deadpool didn't have the balls to finish that. Do you remember that? They yeah. was called yeah. the Untitled Deadpool sequel like three months mm-hmm. before it got released. And, and they, they didn't have the ball. It. Yeah, they ended up calling it Deadpool 2, but still. They should have kept um, it. I have two South by picks that I want to mention. Mm-hmm. But so. I got to mention Little Monsters. Same. That's like my number three for the year. Talk about <laughs> it. I love it. Okay. Little Monsters. End Us? of a long day. Little Monsters when it comes to Lupita. Absolutely. Lup- oh my God. Yeah. Lu- like the fact that you, for, for, first of all, you have Lupita Nyongo, Academy Award winning actress. Us is coming out. All this critical acclaim. And then she agrees to be in this little indie movie by this guy from New Zealand or Australia. Oh, yeah. One of the yeah, two. Well, I think New Zealand. Yeah, from the continent. Either way. This and then su- it's like you, a zombie movie. It's a zombie movie. And she's a kindergarten a teacher. Cover? 
But it's so it's so funny. It's like the end of this super long day, and we I am. There's like, no way all, the movie. Yeah, there's. We should be sleeping. There's no way this movie's gonna deliver. Yeah, this is going to like two thirty in the morning, and I am losing it the entire time. I am laughing so You're hard. Awake I for have hours. not. This is the most enjoyable movie I've seen this year, and it's also heartwarming at the same time. Maybe because we got that interview with uh, Abe the Forsyth, Q&A. the director, yeah. afterwards, and we, get we didn't want to. Wanna, see the, we like, didn't want to leave. I think we were the we last ones leave. to leave the Egyptian. Yeah, Dude, he starts talking about it. Remember the line he said? He's like, I, de- I didn't know how to tell my kid I loved him. Loved him. So I wrote braces. this, directed this movie. That kid on screen yeah. does things that nobody will know, but it's things my kids does. Yeah, like little like things little in his things. bedroom and yeah. things that he says. Because, you know, it, he has a son who has a lot of health issues, and that's the mm-hmm. same thing. Is This guy's nephew has a lot of health issues, and he tags along on a kindergarten trip to a petting zoo, which turns into a zombie breakdown situation just very contained zombie situation and it's her job as teacher Lupita Nyong'o to not only convince those kids that it's gonna be okay but that the whole thing is just a game it's a game the kids can't know because it'll mentally disturb them it'll mentally disturb them so she's trying to protect them it's crazy it's so good and then that interview at the end he said he's like I wrote this love letter and I hope when he sees it earlier he'll understand what I really meant when I said I love yeah, you. Yeah, because he like, can't watch what? it now. He literally like, said that I told doing, people not man? to bring their like, kids. What? Still got to drive brought... back, man. What are you doing? Yeah, Loved I that movie. Loved so it. Good. Zach, were you able to catch it? Little Monsters? No, Damn I missed it. Little Monsters. Uh, but, uh, I'm a- eagerly anticipating its release on Hulu, given so uh, the recommendations from the both of you. It looks like it's coming out soon. Uh, well, I guess in the Netherlands, it's being released on July 11th. Theatrically, so I don't know uh, if that I means get, we're I think another get... Neon, it might even have a Hulu release, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I was thinking, yeah, that it was going to be Hulu, but I really wanted to get theatrical because it was so good, and I just wanted yeah. it to get there. People, people should see yeah. this one. Yeah. This one's funny. I, I have two. Uh, I have mentioned Good Boys. That's also an August release, August 16th. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the only one that beats out Booksmart for me, but I know why. Because this was us in sixth grade just there screwing you around, you know? This is yeah. Junior Superbad, like, to the fullest extent. It's the same people. Is this yeah. is literally Junior Superbad to the beats yeah. to everything. Um, if you like yeah. Booksmart, it's the same beats just with sixth graders. The biggest complaint I've heard about this is that people can't handle kids swearing. Um, but that's reality. They remind me of the kids I went to daycare with that would try to tell right. me what like period exactly. products were about, and I'd be like, "That's wrong." It's like, "Well, my mom told me." Exactly. I'm like your mom's trying to shelter you. Well, yeah, I feel like you probably haven't hung out with a lot of. That's exactly. You haven't hung out with them if you don't get that this is how they talk. And the best part exactly. of it is that they don't necessarily swear all the time. They actually are good kids. Like my mom is my yeah. best friend. Like that's why they say these feel like kids who do not swear in front of other people, but they do swear to each other. So if Absolutely. you're like I, the kids I have, don't do that. No, they don't do it in front of in you. Front of you, they know not uh, to. Check that one out. I'm going to plug in The Art of Self-Defense. also comes out the 12th. Excited really to see that. Excited to see that. But the only thing that's up there with Loose, besides When They See Us, which, again, Loose. you can see in our previous okay. TV one. Mm-hmm. Loose is my favorite of the year, but right behind it, right up his butt. Peter Butter mm-hmm. Falcon coming out June 9th. So favorite of South By. Check it out. I uh, mean, didn't mention Honey Boy because I think that is going to be a... Um, that's... Oscar yeah. run movie. That is my yeah. big recommendation. Yeah. That was like my favorite from Sundance and it's November yeah. 8th, I think is tentative release for that really? right now. That's so dope. they're pushing that. They're pushing that for so, Oscars for yeah. sure, which is Shia, no surprise. Shia has Shia. two big projects, Honey Boy, which is yeah. his story. And then Peanut Butter Falcon, 
which is about this boy who has Down syndrome. Not even, a man, really. A man who has Down yeah. syndrome who wants to become a wrestler and they yeah. cross paths along the way. Both beautiful movies. I don't know how else to play yeah. it to you. Like, he just yeah, he kills beautiful. in both of the movies. Yeah, really excited yeah. for that. Those are in Peter Falcon will be out on August 9th. August yeah, 9th. I assume he meant not June. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did I say June? Dude, you I wrote June. six yeah. on all of these. Yeah. And I know for a fact it means August, but yeah, there yeah. are so many movies coming out in August. Yeah, I'm excited. Can't wait for August, and I've already yeah. seen them. I am so enthralled for you guys. I have been hearing, oh, there hasn't been that many good movies or this. It's nothing. They that keep dumping them at the same time. Is the issue? It's insane. Yeah. August yeah. is crazy. I'm so pretty much, August if you, if you can't go to Sundance or South by, just wait till August, I guess. <laughs> Come the drop yeah. date. Yeah, uh, and okay, then yeah. other than that, big time adolescence. We kind of mentioned it a little bit. That's yeah, another one that's kind of ones. still in my top five. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely keep an eye out for that. It's As kind I, of like yeah. the darker side of super bad, I guess, while still being funny. A little bit, yeah. You As Zach said, we yeah. do have a whole Sundance thing that we you do. guys can also check out. Uh, yeah. Amanda and Alina were a part of that, and we have some special appearances there. We talked about mm-hmm. all of our yeah. memories from Sundance. You could check there. Yeah. Zach and I have a South by one that you can check out as well. And then we also have the stuff not only from last year but this year. Uh, if you got the movie one, there's also the TV version you can catch, as well as a bunch of other episodes of the Intercut Podcast. Yeah, I'll link to all those below, but you can keep on checking out more episodes of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on your favorite podcatcher. I like Overcast, and make sure you're subscribed not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed on our YouTube channel as well. That's youtube.com slash intercutpod, where you can catch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of the Intercut every week, and please leave us a comment, like the video, consider heading over to iTunes to leave us a five-star, five-star review. It helps the show out a lot. Like our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. All of them are at IntercutPod to get updates throughout the week from me, from Art, from Amanda, from all the guests that we feature here on the Intercut. Uh, that's about all for this week's show. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, at ZShevich, or on Instagram and Letterboxd, also at ZShevich. That's at Z-S-H-E, V for Vikander, I-C-H, Amanda... Where can people check out more from you? Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere's Amanda the Jedi all together. If there's a Marvel movie playing, just show it. She's probably there. She's the biggest fan. Yeah, it's true. Biggest fan of all time. Absolutely. Uh, Marvel show. <laughs> you can catch me at the A to Z show on a bunch of different stuff. And you also catch me on Let Me Explain. Or you can catch me every week here with all these extra little bonus episodes that we're doing on mm-hmm. the Intercut podcast. Yeah, so make sure you stay tuned for a bunch of new stuff coming from us a bunch of let us explains uh and a bunch of good stuff here on the intercut thanks again for tuning in and until next time with great podcasting comes great responsibilities i like this one i'm gonna put this top 10 of the year so far for you this is good this is good